um, okay, today, ladies and gentlemen, we have Alex and Ruben uh, from Poems by Post, who are a poem subscription service where the proceeds go towards supporting fellow artists. And in this episode, we'll be discussing what they do and why. Welcome! Hello! Thank you! Hello. <laughs> um, you guys are awesome. I've been consuming your content um, like most of this week, trying to learn about you, and, and yeah, it's, it's amazing. And uh, we, we would sort of said off air, we've got very similar like paths. Um, so I guess, yeah, I'll let you guys like, talk about what you do, and then uh, I'll intervene with some Q&As. Yeah, cool. So, um, so Poems by Post, um, actually, this week we hit, um, well, last week we hit a really incredible milestone where we now have over 200 active subscribers, which is incredible. Um, And what people are subscribed to is poetry. Um, So every month what we do is we commission a brand new poem from a different poet. Uh, We then hand type the poems on a typewriter um, and post them out to our subscribers. Uh, We accompany every poem with an email that features a video recital of the poem from the poets themselves so that they uh, they can... Hear it as it should sound. Perfect. Um, And also in the email is an introduction to the various artists and small businesses, creatively minded small businesses Mm. um, that we support. Um, And that's what we do with the revenue. It goes back into artists, back into small businesses. Um, And yeah, the idea is that we're looking to create opportunities and allow people to connect with their own creativity, with others' creativity, and build a community that's providing opportunities to all kinds of wonderful people. That's beautiful, man. So you're like, you're like, bringing up the underdogs yeah it's yeah. very our focus is very much on grassroots yeah um it is very much on grassroots we look to amplify mm. um the voice of those that are pursuing a passion already so we don't look to be the um the sort of the initial starting block so if somebody's a bit of a hobbyist poet but hasn't ever shared anything before um don't get me wrong we're, we're all for that and we encourage those people but we more work with poets who are pursuing and, and sharing their work, whether that's through social media, performing, they've wrote pamphlets, published a book. Mm. Um, we look to be an amplica- amplification of that voice. Nice. In the future, as our resources become uh, become larger, hopefully, then we can look to be the stepping stone for people to, to actually begin that journey mm. as opposed to a continuance of that journey. Yeah. yeah. And the no. reason we focus on that size is because it works. It is working. Mm. We are we are of a size now where if somebody has made that that first step that they are they are in the world of poetry one way or another. Mm. We are at a size now where what we can do for them is of genuine value. Mm. We can put them in front of the eyes of people of hundreds of people who otherwise wouldn't know about them and might want to consume their poetry or their artwork or, or whatever it is that they make. Yeah. Um, and as we get bigger, we will be of more use to more people in different ways. But at the moment, that's where our focus is because is because it makes it makes a difference. It does something. Yeah, it's useful. And we pay our poets. And we pay our poets. <laughs> yeah, we, which we, some we, of them are a bit surprised about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's so refreshing to hear because everything's so like driven by like profit and uh, you know what what you can take from people. So. Um, to see people giving back so so i also to uh, to your audience that will be watching and don't know me like i do a giveaway to my subscribers because uh, i love making stuff and the, the point of art is for it to be enjoyed and like to win something kind of like f- like a you know free or barely any like cost is, is like a wonderful thing so like to you know you guys to just choose someone um and then like just make them you know glow and and show them off like is with, with no like incentive really other than just trying to change the world 
yeah it's a it's a really nice thing to do and like you say art is to be enjoyed yeah um, but there's so much untapped talent out there and there's so many um so much creativity that's that's lost to people because of the sort of the old adage you know the, the broke artist you can't make money as an artist mm-hmm. um and so there's um there's a lot of, of talent that sort of um, goes to the wayside and, and people end up sort of pursuing things that they're perhaps less interested in. Um, so, yeah, art's meant to be enjoyed, but not ju- not even just from from the uh, the observer's point of view, from the artist's point of view, the, mm-hmm. the process of doing it, the process of having um, a purpose and that purpose being to create because you enjoy it is um, is something that we, we definitely want to, to champion and something that we definitely want to encourage more. Yes, yes. Yes, <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah, but th- there's this sort of elephant in the room with like society, where like people have kind of like forgotten why we do anything. It's kind of people people go to work, people like stack shelves, they pour pints, they like they they fulfill their like financial requirements that month. But like, why? Like a lot of people are questioning like why, and there's this like, sort of conscious awakening going on where people are like, why am I doing this? Like, what you know, I want to be better, and like this with social media, is people are like, oh well, I'm not just the person that stacks the you know shelves at Tesco. I'm also like an opera singer. Like you know, I do cool shit. Like there's a me, hello, and like social media is wonderful to like to show people off and and give them an opportunity to 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 be better, um, and and to for you to like acknowledge like hey i like art is something that the artist enjoys as well like that's not something i hear often um even when i make stuff i'm kind of like slaving away over something and i'm like oh like, i don't even want to be doing this but like you know and i stopped doing that so i stopped like i said off air like i used to work in like hat and garden in the jewelry industry and you know i make like a diamond ring i don't care about this particular product like i don't have any love for it so i started doing things i do like and i started enjoying my craft again and then uh yeah the, with that came happiness and then you know, like uh, the the sort of question of why started to be filled, or like for joy, for chemical, like what is joy? Chemicals, I guess, or spiritual. Like, yeah. I'm all about asking questions on this podcast. It's very philosophical and too deep. So <laughs> feel free to be like, shut up. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I enjoy it. Like, it's um, it's really, it's really nice to hear what other people's process and experiences have been because mm. ultimately we're all different, but there's a lot of similarities. You know. Mm. Um, you know the story that you said is very personal to you, mm. um, but there's lots of people that have have worked in in um, and pursued something that they've studied, uh, and then not had that enjoyment, felt like a robot in a machine, not had the love for what it is that they're doing. So mm. these unique stories that we have, um, when we tell them and we share that experience, um, it perhaps gives other people an opportunity to sort of question themselves and go, okay, cool, what can I do to shift from doing something I'm not enjoying to doing something that I'm enjoying? And so yeah, I'm I I enjoy listening to. Talk away. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good job I started a podcast in. Yeah. I ramble a lot. <laughs> um, so you guys kind of like, you cross it all over, which is what I really enjoy. You you uh, sort of highlight and celebrate people, which is wonderful and gives back to society and it makes the world a better place. But you also like do your your Zoom kind of uh, podcast sessions where you like go deeper into the artists and give them like an opportunity to talk, which is like just the opportunity to talk is something so rare for people. Like I think a lot of people, when you look at like, you know, yeah, imagine a scene of a party, like people stood around talking, like everyone sort of says like 20% of what they really want to say before they're interrupted or, you know, something happens. And mm-hmm. like very rarely do, or for me anyway, um, as someone with no friends, <laughs> do people get like a full conversation um, or, or to get to vent their opinions. Um, and then that's just left to like influencers and politicians to like have say in society. So I'm a firm believer that like podcasts, particularly long form, are going to be like a new way for people to be like 
given an opportunity to say their piece um acknowledge that hey this person's like onto some cool shit and and they're wonderful we should put them on the pedestal instead of this person like um so you're you're doing like a number of things um i guess i i wanted to break down like where that where that started um i know in the q a's uh, a lot of the questions were kind of like what inspired it um and from consuming your your content i know the origin was like australia right it's kind of <laughs> yeah um so in terms of sort of where did poems by post sort of spawn from mm. uh yeah cool just before um just before i get into that i want to sort of just touch on something you said about yeah. the um the conversations and the opportunity to speak because I, and this isn't a very well thought out thought um, because it's something I've just cobbled together uh, by the yeah. <laughs> while you were speaking. Um, but I was just thinking about that, and it's, um, you know, we was, we was talking prior to the podcast about um, somebody in California, maybe, or mm-hmm. somewhere who makes short 10-second videos because mm-hmm. our attention spans are, are pretty short. Yeah. And I'll say are, oh, and I'll include myself in that, because I think ultimately Damn. we are all a product of our environment. <laughs> um, but sort of thinking about the conversation, like people don't have an opportunity to speak. I think actually I'm I'm not personally responsible for all of that, but I'm I'm at fault to a, to a point, and I think a lot of us are. I think where our attention span has um has sort of been shortened because we're so overstimulated. Mm. Uh, the ability to actually listen, even if somebody's talking, the ability to listen, process, understand, question, and engage uh, in a meaningful way mm. is um. It's not so much that people don't have the opportunity to speak, but what we want to do is create a space where you know if you go to that space, you're going to find people who have interesting things to say. Mm. And therefore, to be featured in that space is, is counting yourself among that, that, that sort of that company. Um, because, yeah, people, people have opportunity to talk all the time. Um, it's just cutting through the noise and finding people who want to listen that's the difficult part. Yeah. Um, and so... The idea is that Poems by Post becomes that place mm-hmm. where you can um, support interesting people in what they do, but not just that. You can also find out who you're supporting and find out more about them and learn about why they do what they do and maybe even try it yourself if you want to. Hell yeah. Yeah. So you're also like a nice gateway for people to get into it because like, and if you're like, if you never ever written poetry before and you, you, you never even consumed a poem and then all of a sudden you see this like beautifully like, created social media posts like with the pinks and like the the soft colors and the like the watercolor painting of your or your typewriter erica like all the all these things are really like engaging and like welcoming you know a lot of like trades particularly the jewelry trade actually uh i, I found as like very like inclusive only to the people that are already in it and like mm-hmm. you know like, not sharing knowledge you know I, I would question people when i was learning like oh how do you do this they're at trade secret it's just like well fuck like fuck <laughs> <Right>. you man <laughs> like, yeah like well, then it's gonna die with you and then we'll never know so like it should be celebrated with i mean i understand profit and things like that but like um yeah it's when things are like inclusive to a certain sort of person i guess it's attractive to some but to, to mm. me it seems kind of like like fuck you like you know like i'm not a fan of it so your, your pages are are, are are beautifully put um i rambled again <laughs> uh, i was intervening with um where it where uh it started uh but before you do that i, I want to ask were you a poet before you sort of like came to this place in australia where you began this or was it just there and then kind of like ad lib it's a good question you left me stumped mm. i think i've always been a poet 
Yeah. You just didn't know it. <laughs> hey! I had to get that joke in. <laughs> that was the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And Dan. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> it's great. Um, but no, I, I've always, um, I've always in, enjoyed um, playing with... I poem. I think. Yeah, I think, I think always. I've always enjoyed playing with words. Like whenever mm. I sort of went for a difficult moment, I always found that like putting together a rhyme that not necessarily made sense of the situation, but sort of acted as a an alleviation of pain perhaps was mm. a, it, it acted as I just found it fun I just found putting words together fun not even just when I was sad just just for a laugh you know like I <laughs> both sides happy and sad so yeah I guess yeah. I guess I've always um I've always enjoyed words I never considered myself a poet though mm. um and to, to some extent I still do and I still don't um I enjoy words I enjoy playing with words I enjoy rhythm I enjoy reading poetry um does that does that make me a poet i guess i guess it does sorry yeah. this is a right this is a rambling answer pretty sure you're a poet yeah i think I've, i think <laughs> pretty I've, sure you define yourself as a poet quite a lot of the time as well i i definitely i definitely define myself as a poet <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's one of the introduction hi i'm alex and i'm a poet um <laughs> so, so i'll get it in in the first like 10 words that i've said mm. um so yeah, I guess I guess I do. Mm. I guess I, I guess poetry is something that I've always enjoyed, but I never really um, knew how or that I would pursue. Is that because you you're not sort of someone that I, I'm just gauging from your personality? You're not someone that kind of like boxes things. Like I know a lot of people in yeah. society kind of like, oh, you're a this, and it's like, well, like I've really struggled with that because I'm not I'm not any one thing. I do tons of shit, and like I will do loads more, and I probably won't stop. So I remember I had this meeting with one of my friends who's very corporate and very structured, and he was just like, uh, you know, your your business model's not that good because you know it's it's not very you know uh, specific, and people will get confused. And annoyingly, he is kind of right because <laughs> people don't really know what I do. It's, it's like a podcast that also does jewelry. It's kind of weird, and like the attention span, people are kind of like, oh, I don't understand that. Click away. Uh, but the people that do engage are like, oh well, that's cool. Like you know, and oh, I can win it too. And there's just more to discover, and it's a great. Uh, you know, uh, a journey to to go upon. Um, so I imagine for you to like love poetry, but not consider yourself just one thing. Uh, uh, I think it's, I think it's almost the opposite of that. Oh really? Yeah, which is, <laughs> which, is um, which is interesting. Yeah, I think it's actually that I, I spent, um, you know, so much of my life in a box. Mm. Um, from like eighteen up until twenty six, I, I spent I spent those years as a as a horrendous gambling addict. Okay. Um, and I think, I think I I just never had the belief that I could be anything else. I mean, it was just so relentless. It was such a endless cycle that just kept spinning. I didn't think I was. I would. I, I always said when I was going through the sort of the gambling addiction phase that one day I will write something great that will mm. save my life. That's what I always said. Wow. Um, for eight years, and I did that without writing anything. I didn't write. I, <laughs> I proclaimed to be a writer without writing anything. Um, but I don't know that I truly believed it I said it enough times that it kind of to an extent came true um or was in the process of coming true um but yeah I think that for so long I just I lived in this like really detrimental um horrible cycle that it was a box and I just couldn't see a way out of it Mm -hmm. um so I think I think that might be why I'm and and now you're right and now the possibilities are so open so I don't define myself as just one thing so it's kind of Mm. A box in a box, out of box. Yeah, um, or just jumping boxes. Like yeah. now, now you can define yourself as a poet. That kind of gives direction, I guess. It's which, a definite part of, of what, 
who I am. Yeah, it's yeah. a definite part of it. Um, but there, there's lots of other things that, you know, I'm, I'm also a director of a company now. Um, <laughs> chief executive of it is the job title I've given myself. Um, Love titles. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Um, but yeah, I, I also do that. I'm also now an interviewer. Yeah, I suppose. Host. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, it's, you, you know all about. Yeah, I, I found it really, really difficult to refer to myself as anything like like podcast host. It felt like to say to send in an email, "Hey, come to my studio." Like, felt so mm-hmm. like weird. Like, it was sort of like impostery. Well, not really impostery. More like I don't know it was like categorizing myself. I have a chip on my shoulder about that. <laughs> I'm trying to come to terms with it. But yeah, I just I I really enjoy freedom, and I really I have like a resistance to any any form of like. Uh, restrictions imposed by others, and and I've, I don't you know. I don't think de- definitions mm. are restrictive. This is true. I think that I I don't view any kind of definition as being like a box. I don't view words as being physical things that can hold you in that way, in the mm. way a box can. I think they're just labels. You know, you can stick as many labels as you want on something. There's always room to stick some more on. I think that's all right. I like that. That's beautiful. Don't view it as a box. Just a, a multiple yes. list, like a, a CV of uh, things you yeah. can do. It's just a page that keeps getting longer if you write more things on it. That's nice. Yeah, that's really well or a good way to put it. Mm. And I think um, I think that's that's just true of people in general. You know, as you get older, your page gets longer, and you write more things as you learn more stuff. Mm. So it's how I view it. It, like in the society there's this kind of like uh resentment for people that like overachieve right you know people that are like oh, i'm a pilot and a model i'm a you know i i ride horseback and i you know do this and i have 10 companies and you know uh, elon musk or kanye west like these amazing human beings yeah, that have like achieved yeah. yeah yeah some people adore that i'm one of these people that kind of like champions that and like fuck that's cool but others kind of i guess it's insecurities it's kind of like oh like you do too many things like, you know you can't be good at all of them like well, maybe they can but yeah maybe it's resentment maybe it's the path that they took to get there maybe there's an assumption that people have had they must have had loads of help if they've if they've done so many different things which true. sometimes might be true sometimes it isn't yeah either way they're still interesting people I think. exactly exactly it's funny you touched on something that jogged the memory about words not having um ah, i wish i could re- recall exactly what you said uh, it's it, they don't they don't physically restrict you in the way a box would. So I don't equate a, sticking a label on something to being the same as yes a box. So this it. this jogs something in my mind, which also tied in with something you said about um, like words. So there's a guy called Duncan Trussell. He's a comedian. You may have heard of him. He's mm. like yeah, very funny guy. And yeah. I went on a, a clubhouse at random on a run once. Uh, so it's like a one-off conversation that you'd never really hear again and i couldn't re-watch it but like i i as i was running i was like i need to take all of this in in my memory <laughs> and the conversation was along the lines of the the word spelling and spells like magical spells to cast a spell uh you know and and the association with like uh enchanting and uh to mm-hmm. to you know like imagine harry potter like uh wincanium leviosa it's like a worded like the way you word a word is a spell and if you construct these words together to make a sentence you cast a spell so in a way like a a song or a, a poem is like a way to like connect these certain inflictions that um, summon a thought or create an energy which creates joy happiness sadness anger like depending on which one so like mm-hmm. i suppose we're we're using energy and words to cast spells in a way and then he even touched on like how curse words came into that so like if you 
if you like the, the def definition of a curse word like a, a swear word is um it's like a curse so if you if i call you a bad name i've cursed you and and you you have that bad energy it's like it's like matt he was touching on the magic is real it's just like diluted in a way and that we're we're, we're just a society we're like oh you know we, we don't even acknowledge it but yeah with with spelling and spells so everything you're kind of a not just a, a poet but a wizard <laughs> yeah i'll take that yeah i'll have to change your signature yeah, to um, chief I'm, executive wizard I'm happy, I'm happy to be a wizard yeah. um, i like duncan trussell um oh what's the um what's his netflix animation uh midnight gospel midnight gospel with uh with Clancy. yeah, yeah. <laughs> crazy stuff um and duncan trussell himself is just hilarious um really interesting yeah um but yeah i'll take being a wizard sure um <laughs> like yeah 100 percent. i think it's um th there's a lot of power in words like i i agree that the, the sort of the power that we take it, it's not restrictive as ruben says mm. um you know it's, it's sort of interpretation and impact it's like what what words mean to you and, and sort of uh, imagine the world without words mm. you know that's that's a tough one isn't it because it's, it's nigh impossible like words the, the importance of words is something that can't be underestimated um and i suppose they do they definitely hold a, a sense of magic in terms of like evoking emotions provoking people mm. um and and challenging ideas um sparking conversation i mean all of these things are, are pretty pretty magical and it all it all does stem from a word yeah um things happen as a result of words so yeah. so it's um yeah i i guess everyone everyone's a wizard yeah we all cast spells <laughs> um and yeah i think i think that's a really nice analogy and yeah, yeah. love duncan trussell yeah yeah midnight gospel <laughs> the last episode uh just oh heavy yeah oh you haven't seen it no he, i watch it in patches he <laughs> do, does it with his mother who um, is knowingly um about to pass away and it's like there he she's talking him through his grief and it's just a beautiful beautiful episode and it's really well animated so um yeah it's totally worth a watch yeah cool. yeah uh okay so i've intervened like what three times now trying to <laughs> get to the q a which was from kelsey i believe i i did a q a and it only lasts 24 hours and i got to hour 25 and then it was i can see who had asked what but i, <laughs> I had browsed as it was going so kelsey asked like three questions uh, i'm very sorry <laughs> i can only recall one and i believe it was about where this originated and i already know from your content australia so <laughs> yeah, kelsey asked that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's funny yeah cool um okay well so uh, so there was the whole gambling addiction thing which we sort of touched upon i won't go into into a huge amount of detail in that mm. but where i where I lived in, I will repeat myself because I love repeating myself as Ruben will know. Um, <laughs> but um, where I, I was stuck in this this incredibly um, horrible cycle mm. of, of gambling and always telling myself, one day I'm going to write something great and it's, it's just going to change my life. It's going to save me. That was the firm belief. Um, and then one day I went to a casino and won some money, a large sum of money. Mm. Um, my losses weren't recouped from that um but i, I won a lot of summer money and I, and I was sick of the cycle you know we're talking eight an eight year cycle mm -hmm. um and so I, I decided to just book a ticket to australia get a visa um and have a little bit of spending money left over so so i booked it um and when i got to australia i i, I was like um and ruben descri described this the other day but you was describing something different um i was like a kid in a candy shop <laughs> um that had eaten all the candy um, I was just so um, 
I just had such an exuberance for everything that was going on. I was just so excited to be there, and not to not to be in this cycle. You know, I, I was I, I was in the tropics, and I like I landed in Cairns, the first place I landed. It's in the tropics, and there was lots of cool people around, and people were playing guitar, and um, you know, like it was just super cool. It was just so much better than than going into a bookies and losing all my money. It was so so much better. <laughs> yeah. um, and um, and I just approached everything with like just a real open mind. I just said yes to everything, um, and. I went. To, I was working in um, on a papaya farm. It was actually a banana farm, but I was picking papayas on there. And um, I was living in a working hostel, and I decided, you know, I just chains off. Just gonna go for it. Go for whatever. And in one of the rooms, I could hear um, this really beautiful guitar coming out. Just really, really beautiful. And so I just walked in there. Didn't know anyone in there, and just started freestyling over it. <laughs> just started playing with the words in my head, and just started freestyling. Um, and started building good relationships. And then I, I learned how to um, play guitar. The guy that was playing the guitar that I heard and freestyled over was a guy called Fernando, a mm. uh, Brazilian guy. He just, he was incredible. And he taught me how to play guitar. Um, and then I got myself a guitar and I would just make up songs and and just muck around with the guitar. Um, and then I left I left the uh, the farm and hitchhiked down the East Coast. Wow. Uh, which was really fun. I didn't have a phone at the time. Um, didn't have a phone. <laughs> That's uh, ballsy, man. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I, I did. I did have a phone. I had like a, a really crappy, um, like could just text and call on it. Yeah. Um, and so I was traveling down with um, with like Fernando, and, and I just I'd send him a text like I've just got in this car. So, you know, if I go missing, this, is the car you're for. <laughs> this number plate. It was just. Yeah. <laughs> it was just. A, it was a really shitty phone. Uh, really, really shitty. And um, I was actually hiking down the coast and playing guitar, freestyling, and all this, all this sort of stuff. Um, and then I got to Byron Bay and I met Kelsey. Um, <laughs> yeah, I met Kelsey and convinced her to... Might be a different Kelsey. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it was. Yeah, it was an orange logo on the Instagram. So whether it be... Oh, okay. Um, it could be a different Kelsey. Maybe. Well, I met a Kelsey um, who I convinced to hitchhike down the rest of the coast with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the plan was to sort of like stop when we got to, to Melbourne and just chill, get a job, live a normal life, and so on. And we hitchhiked down down to there, and I, again, still playing guitar, freestyling, and all this sort of thing. Um, and we got to Melbourne, and I got myself a job, and I didn't like it. So after an hour, I decided I didn't like it, and I, I stopped doing the job. Um, <laughs> Sound like me, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it didn't take much. I was like, I could just put up with this for a few days, or I could just pull the plaster off now. Yeah. just get it done you know I don't want to be there so I got another job and I did the same thing and then I got another job and I did the same thing and one of the, one day Kelsey and I were wandering around a bazaar um, a bit like Snoopers mm. um, Snoopers yeah really cool shop um, but she pointed to a typewriter and she said oh why don't you um, why don't you buy a typewriter and sit on the streets with a sign and write poetry for people for a job yeah. Yeah, and I thought she was crazy. <laughs> um, you know, I thought, well, that's, that's a pretty mad suggestion. Um, so a week later, I got a typewriter, uh, made a sign, <laughs> and started um, started writing poetry for people on the, on the street. And it was so cool. Like, I I did it full-time. Um, Kelsey and I did it together. Kelsey paints. So she would paint, um, like, A5 canvases, and then she would paint a doily um, just in sort of, like, gradient colours. And then she'd paint the outside of like a paper doily. 
and I'd run the doily through the typewriter, write a poem onto it, and then put it onto a canvas. So you'd come wow. up with like these really nice pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and just doing that like brought about so many opportunities. Like I started getting hired for events. Mm. Um, I went on to ABC Melbourne, like national national radio out there. Hell yeah! Um, yeah, I went on to a few <laughs> different radio stations. Um, which was really cool because going on the radio, I was all of a sudden just getting people coming out to find me just with my typewriter. Nice. Um, to buy poetry for me, which was super cool. Yeah. Um, but it just brought about so many opportunities and I really, really enjoyed it. I was doing something I enjoyed and I was making a living from it and I absolutely loved it. But whilst doing that, I, um, I encountered so many other people pursuing their, their craft, pursuing their art. Mm. And I was completely enamored by the endeavor and the passion and the, and the drive of people, um, to, to you know, pursue a dream, um, which is effectively what, what everyone was up to. They was all trying to pursue their dream, and it was difficult. You know, like um, writing poetry on the streets and making a living off it. It's not as easy as it's like you know, just get typewriter and put strings and words together. Like it, it was a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and I, I saw the work that other people were putting in, and I thought, surely there's got to be something somewhere, um, whereby people can can have opportunities created for them. Mm-hmm. And that was the sort of the seed planted for poems by post. Um, anyway, did some typewriter poetry stuff for a little while, travelled around, bought a van, um, became a carpenter for a bit, um, travelled with the circus, did, did lots of, um, sort of fun and interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, before coming back to the UK in May 2019, May 2019, um, and then I came back here and I got a job. Stuck it out for about three months, didn't like it, stopped. Lasted longer than I did in Melbourne. <laughs> um, so then I, I got another job. And it, it, I say I got another job, it was my old job. It was a job I had before Australia. Yeah. And that felt a bit like I was in a time warp. You know, I felt like, oh, none of this great stuff that I'd done had ever happened. Just a dream. Yeah. yeah. So, I, so I left. Um, and then in January um, 2020, I, um, I got myself a stall down at Greenwich Market. Nice. Um, where I'd write poetry for people. And funny, you mentioned The Wizard. I'd also perform magic for people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was a, a bad time to go self-employed. <laughs> yeah, um, just because, before a huge pandemic. <laughs> yeah. A couple of months later, there was a huge, huge pandemic. <laughs> That's not news. We don't need to dwell on that. Um, I mean, it is news. So there's people in the future that might look back at yeah. this and won't want to know. Yeah. There was a big virus. <laughs> it was really bad. No one knew what to do. And, um, everyone had to stay yeah, in their homes. Everyone, everyone acted crazy. Um, we Bought all, the toilet roll. Yeah, we, 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 we lost our minds a bit. Um, Burned down all the fog key. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we started doing some really crazy shit. Um, but everything's okay now, apart from the planet. We're sorry about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we tried. We really tried. <laughs> yeah, we gave it a go. But, Ooh. you know, we decided it was a problem for you to deal with. Um, <laughs> Technology is better in, in where you are compared to where we are. Um, and, you know, we, we used to have to use mobile phones, which I know that now you just, like, blink messages at each other. Neuralink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're part people, part cyborg. We was all people. Imagine that. How um, sucky is that for yeah, us? Yeah. Um, We'd only landed a rover on Mars. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. yeah. yeah. The Venus and, missions weren't yeah. even. No one had even even thought of them yet. Yeah, and now you're in a long distance relationship with someone living on Mars. <laughs> you see them every other weekend. Um, so you know you've you've gone quite far, and but you had to go to Mars. Like I know you're you're only going back to Earth. I don't know why you're going back. Maybe there's still a chance for it. Um, 
Sounds but, like this virus was quite small news compared to all of that, really. Yeah, yeah oh yeah, it's quite, it's quite big at the time. <laughs> yeah, it, honestly, it was such a big deal. Um, it was such a big deal. Uh, we had to wear face masks everywhere. Yeah, it's yeah. quite strange, and we weren't allowed to touch people. No hugging. Yeah, no. and I know that happy little phase that sort of came and went. Sorry about that. <laughs> you started um, it actually, didn't you? <laughs> oh, you're, well, you're going to. <laughs> I planted that seed in enough people's minds. So um, I, I keep talking. Do you know? Do you remember happy slapping? Yeah. I, I think we've had so so limited contact with people. I wonder if happy licking, and I, I'm not for it at all. <laughs> I wonder if happy licking is going to become a thing just because people can. Like you're just going to run up to people and lick people in the face. Yeah, I mean um, dogs do it. Like you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's already been started. It's already happening. Yeah. Um, and it was, you sorry. looked at me then as if I'm the only thing holding you back. <laughs> just just because I think it's a bad idea. I, love, I also think it's a bad idea. <laughs> well, I've, I've spread this idea like wildfire. I mean, I, I tell it to everyone. Like, I make that someone's going to actually. Do you know what? That's not a bad idea. And yeah. then the happy licking's going to start. You'll become a domestic terrorist for the the coronavirus uh, uh, police. Yeah, yeah. So I'm so I'm apologise. While we while we were addressing the future, I, I'll apologise for that phase. That was weird. Um, <laughs> I hope it becomes some sort of religion like, <laughs> yeah. or a cult. The happy lickers. <laughs> you must be licked three times, not once, but three. <laughs> I, like, I think that's a good idea. I think that's got legs. Um, <laughs> new business idea. Lick by... Lick we, do by a lot, we do a lot of licking anyway. Envelopes. Oh, man. There must... Yeah. 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 Calorie per envelope, too. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of envelopes. Lick enough of them, you can taste glue for the rest of the day. Nice. <laughs> it's kind of like microdosing uh, yeah. adhesive. <laughs> I did wonder about that. It just means I get my tongue stuck to the top of my mouth occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so your role, self-professed, and one of the intro videos was uh, supportable slash like vetoer of insane ideas, which I think ties yeah. in very well with licking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. So when I said you looked at me as if I'm the only thing stopping you from going around licking people's faces, there's a, a kernel of truth in that. Mm. <laughs> it's not true. I I wouldn't be doing that. I wouldn't be doing that. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. So we wait until, <laughs> until we was allowed to. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's definite assault charges in there, though. I'm not gonna, <laughs> there's no happy licking going to happen. Um, yeah, Ruben, Ruben vetoes ideas. Yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes I... I don't think... veto all the ideas, only the bad ones. That, that ha- <laughs> we need it. I, I feel we've got similar minds, and I, I come up with some insane shit that gets me in a lot of, like... I've so <laughs> I've I, I have I have had to promise to Alex that I'm going to try and veto things less, mm-hmm. um, and I am going to I am going to veto things less. I promise, um, but some of them need vetoing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know until you give it a go. <laughs> I'm trying to think what what some of the stupidest things are that I've vetoed. Yeah. I was going to say one of the examples. If if willing, would you? <laughs> would you I'll give? Have to think about it. There must be some. There must there, there must be some. I've got a terrible memory. Is the is the other is the other thing? You must remember some of the some of the really I, stupid ones. I I have idea after making idea. everything free was was one idea that I vetoed or, or nearly free, making it a pound, yeah. which in some cases works yeah. and in other cases doesn't work. Yeah, and this was a case where it wouldn't work. it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. I did the same thing. My giveaway was a pound initially, and it doesn't work. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was a good one to veto. Yeah, um, wise. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I just come from it from a very different perspective. I think. Mm. But anyway, you, 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 you got as far as Greenwich. 
Oh, mm. yeah. Self-employed, January 2020. We're back, modern day. Well, we're actually in the past now. Um, <laughs> back in the past, Back yeah. in the past. Um, so, yeah, uh, the market shut. And that was quite worrying. So I, w- I was working in the market and there's lots of like craft makers and, and, and people selling their art there. And even just the, the noise of Corona before the actual lockdowns and the, the actual rules um, was seeing a definite slowdown in footfall and therefore a slowdown in people's earnings. And that, I was watching people getting quite panicked about it. Mm. I wasn't panicked about it. I don't know why I should have been panicked, but I wasn't. I felt pretty calm about it. Um, Mainly because I was just pretty happy to be writing poetry again, yeah. and so I, yeah, I was just I was just excited about that. But then the market did close, mm. and you know, furloughing started happening, and, and they started like talking about like, these self-employed things and what was going to happen there. And I didn't fall under any category. Yeah, um, same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just got fucked. <laughs> just got fucked. Um, Thanks, Boris. Yeah, and lots of people did, and so I got myself a work from home job. Mm. Um, a call center just one till nine just calling people up and and and, and talking but repetitively which actually is a handy skill mm. and um and yeah I, I started like just putting together the idea of poems by post which had many different iterations of it before it sort of came into into what it was but i started just building this platform around it um i started building the website writing down the idea what it was what the price points were initially it was just going to be my poetry and then i thought well, that's quite sort of boxing myself in yeah um and so i started looking at opening it up and like having that like, how easy would it be to sort of coordinate other poets and could we use their revenue to support all manner of artists and just started really putting the platform together which linked back to sort of when i was in australia thinking there has to be something somewhere that does something really this idea and just started filling that in just started coloring it in and adding different bits and, and, and lots of moving parts to it um and yeah just just grew it and then in, in august i was ready to launch it um by launch it was just put the website live and, and do like an instagram post and that was it yeah uh, and i was convi- i was convinced i was going to just have thousands of, scri- <laughs> of, sub- <laughs> of subscribers and about like that um didn't quite work like that i think in the olden days it would have but the algorithm's just so <laughs> now like yeah. unless you're half dressed naked woman no half dressed naked uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, <laughs> then the algorithm doesn't seem to reward you it's very odd it's sort of honed in on primal instinct of the consumer which is mostly bored men like yeah it it, it wasn't as a as a, as a instant as as kind of what i thought mm. uh but it didn't deter me you know i um i waited and i waited and then i got the first subscriber which was kelsey whether it's that kelsey or jeff and kelsey mm. um I don't know, but it, it, it was Kelsey who who I decided to refund. <laughs> Instead, I was like, you can't pay me for this. So I was like, you can't pay me um, because, you know, we're very close. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, then I just started to work on um, on actually growing a subscriber base. Um, I just started putting the work in, putting the work in, putting the work in, grew it to about 40 or 50. Um pretty happy with that and then just grew it some more and and you know as a result we've been able to do some pretty exciting things we've had nine different poets at the moment about that yeah about nine different about nine different poets supported over 50 different artists got ruben now as well uh, who um who i i met in brighton so i advertised for a job um 
I moved I moved to Brighton in November okay. um, and started looking for office space. Mm. Then I, and then I found an office. Sept- November? September? October? Septem- September-ish. <laughs> September. Well, I, I started working for Phones by Post in, in November. Yeah, September, so September I moved to Brighton. Yeah. Um, <laughs> September I moved to Brighton, found an office space. Um, I was actually looking for a co-working space because mm. I just wanted, I just wanted a, a space to work that was away from where I live. Um, ended up getting an office space because price-wise it made more sense. And I was like, well, I've got an office space. I might as well try and do something with it. So I decided to build a sales team. Nice. Um, and Ruben applied and so did quite a lot of other people. Then we had a sales team for a bit. We had um, I had a sales team of five or six people. Wow. Um, and yeah, then virus pandemic lockdown nonsense <coughs> kind of slowed it down a bit yeah um and ruben's role changed to one of sales it still is sales mm. but it became a lot more all-encompassing like it also involves like typing up poems stuff in media doing stupid shit yeah. um <laughs> so we did we did have a sales team of of four or five or six now it's just the two of us again yeah. and so we do we we, we do everything we do the the, the the PR, the operations, the sales, the marketing, the type in, type in. the liaison with different artists, the yep. interviewing, the editing. Um, customer service. Customer service. <laughs> um, yeah, we, do, we just do everything now. It's a lot to carry, but yeah. do you find it like more personable that way? Like I, uh, I've toyed around with like getting people to help me. I've always felt like I know it's not me anymore. I just it kind of, yeah. We have actually tried to hire a sales team again. Um, and we ha- we haven't quite um, it, it it just hasn't worked out for various reasons. You know, people decided the job wasn't for them, or, or we haven't found the formula yet. We haven't we haven't found the formula, yet. and hiring hiring people takes time. Yeah, it takes hard. a lot of time and effort, and it's not a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, and there's loads of rules, right? Like tons of rules to abide by, like legally, and yeah, yes, yeah. it's it's a, it's a minefield. Yeah, 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 <laughs> lots to think about, and so. We're trying to do what we can at the moment until such point that we're that we really need help. Mm. There, there are things that we definitely need help on. The thing is, like, so poems by post, as it stands, it covers itself, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the money, more or less, goes out to artists and poets. Yeah, we haven't got. Um, we need our subscriber base to grow significantly before we can think of taking on someone full-time on a good wage yeah um and i definitely see the value in that there's there's people that have skill sets that have trained in areas that my skill set isn't mm. i'm like a a patch you know i can be a quick fix or ruben can be a quick fix in a certain area of, mm. um, of the business but we're by no means experts in each area yeah and i think utilizing people's skill sets is um is a good thing and it's mm. i think it's great and it, it also ties in with the post by post ethos of collaboration mm. um but we definitely need to get to a point whereby we can actually pay people a good wage um we don't pay ourselves. Ourselves included, yeah. Um, yeah. We, we don't. We don't pay us. We do this full time, and we don't pay ourselves. Yeah. Um, which, yeah. If we so we there, can't. There will come a point where that has that to. Is, yeah. We yeah. have to change that. Good ethos though to start, because I know a lot of people are just kind of like, yeah, I just everything I do is for me, my benefit, my <laughs> my finances. <laughs> yeah, to uh, to put others yeah. before you. And it? also, a lot of people are in a position where they have to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, we're we're really lucky to be in a position where we where okay it's not it's not been convenient and it's not been what either of us were hoping for Mm. it's been slower than we expected 
but we are at least still in this position that we have been physically able to do this without without falling down some sort of terrible hole of that we can't get out of. Yeah. No, and yeah, you know, some people some people just need 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 to own. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, I suppose yeah, the counting your overheads. Uh, I'm, I mean, like for for me to like go do like another normal job like i've been blessed by this pandemic in a way because it's like forced me into my home i was like well you know i want to go get like a job so i can earn a bit more but like i can't been told i can't so no fine fair enough okay stay in so i I created this podcast this giveaway this everything and it's given me so much time to like like define it and, and hone my skills and now the world's opening again at this current date hopefully not on the third lockdown <laughs> um I, it's like i can go out into it with all these skills and maybe even make a living from it and mm. like i'm kind of in a way excited um sounds exciting yeah, yeah. That, that sounds super cool and you know i guess you guys, satisfaction yeah and you've sort of had a similar like uh experience right you you've had this lockdown sort of uh, sit and, and 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 create and think. I suppose without distractions of like pressure to go get a job and um, I'm assuming. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's come some with, pressure. It's come with it, ha- it has come with different pressures. Yeah. You know, like it, we uh, neither Ruben nor I are sort of like from. Um, we, we've not got like lots of and lots of like cash that we can just sit on and, and keep ourselves ticking over f- forever. We're not. No particularly uh there but so there there has been pressures yeah Mm -hmm. i'm basically living off my partner at the moment Mm -hmm. and and she's amazing she's um very supportive very supportive of of what we do and and of uh of my role within it yeah but if she wasn't i mean even if even if we were surviving on it if she wasn't as supportive of it then i wouldn't have been able to do this Mm I feel like the universe, like, I don't know how spiritual you guys are, but like I've become uber spiritual in my later years, just too many coincidences, too many like guardian angel moments. Um, and I feel like regardless, you would be looked after and it would happen anyway. Like how the the journey pans out, I think is down to the universe, but essentially we, we just play the characters. And I think for what you guys are doing and like the intention and, what it will do for community in the world and other artists like i think it, it's going to be carried like by luck and good fortune and and you know yeah. and hard work and hard yeah work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah i see i see that with opportunity like people that will be given opportunities and they can either take them or, or leave them and those opportunities might be really hard work but like if you do them it's a gift in the end um but it's not always seen that way at the time yeah, <laughs> it, you're right it's a it's a combination of things it's a, it's a it's a bit of good luck it's a bit of good fortune it's a bit of guidance, but it's also it's a lot of creating that luck and and being fixated on the end goal, which is yeah. it's actually quite nice. Like so, um, when when we went into the most recent lockdown, um, that really sort of like hit our our um our growth, mm-hmm. it really hit our growth. Um, it really it, it it really slowed us down, and it is difficult, you know, it is being fixated on the end goal and, and working hard to get there. And actually, fortunately now, it's not just me doing it because if Ruben hadn't stuck around, you know, perhaps, I don't know, perhaps at that point there would have been moments where I, I, I'd have been like, pack it in, mm-hmm. you know, give up on it. Um, and there's moments where, where Ruben finds it difficult as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like ha- ha- I think having two people to sort of balance that and go, okay, come on, look, pick ourselves up. What, what, we can we can, what, we, mm-hmm. what can we do? Yeah. 
Um, and it, it helps that we're just utterly convinced that this is a good idea. <laughs> yeah. And it's it, it really does feel that it's just a case of telling as many people about it as possible. Mm-hmm. Because loads of people that we do tell about it think it's a good idea. So we just need to find better ways of telling more people. Yeah. Yeah. And when you break it down that far, it feels like the answer can't be that difficult. Mm. Which means we've got to find it eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it It's... All good things come, uh, what well, well, that are supported by, by by people, right? So, meeting your demographic and finding your audience is just a case of just being heard or articulating it in the right way. Like, also, yeah, I know I found with my giveaway, um, like swallowing that uh, advice I I was given by my corporate friend. Like, it is a bit too much for someone just to, to hear and and think oh you're you're podcast and a giveaway and a jeweler and you also do like videos or you ran two marathons in two days like what what are you like <laughs> like i guess it's it's hard you need like a way to like just say this equals this and quick and easy people can make a decision there and then mm. um and that's really hard i think that's what all marketing struggles on that's why zuckerberg creates facebook and takes all the data it's just like how do we get people to buy things <laughs> like what do they really want to hear like and then we get things like tiktok where it's like a 30 second attention span and you know you can even see on analytics like on, on anything i do the average view time is like 14 seconds if it's not interesting by 14 you can see in the point of the video where people stop watching and I'm kind of like, ha, I need to like hype up because I'm a slow burning. Like my way of communicating is like to tell a story as an example, to make my point. Lots of people don't get past the story to hear my point and I fail to communicate. And it's, you know, it, that's another story. So with uh, my videos, it's the same way. It's very slow to get to this. You know, I created this, but that's at the end. You got to look at the block of wood at the beginning is very boring to look at so i've had to like flip my whole way of thinking and communicating and it's uh yeah it's this whole journey that i've gone through that uh, just yeah. just trial and error um but well, well done for doing that because a lot of um i see lots of like um like memes and, and stuff going around saying you know like oh don't you know make what you want to make and don't make what other people want you to make mm-hmm. but like I, I take a bit of issue with that. Like, yeah, sure, mm. make what you want to make. Yeah. At the same time, like, if you want to make a living off of it, you kind of have to cater to an audience. Yeah, to a degree, <laughs> you know? right? Yeah. There's um, there's there's got to be that. Like, it, it could be that I I enjoy making. Some sometimes you have to cater to an audience, and you have yeah. to you have to look at your your analytics or whatever it is, and look at what people enjoy, mm. and then figure out how you can put your enjoyment and 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 mesh the two. You know, it's it's not ignoring one or the other. It's it's finding that happy middle ground. Yeah, but not also sacrificing what you did, you know, the point of it in the first place, or or you know what you enjoyed from it. Like you know, if I not, start making unicorn bracelets, then I'm gonna stop enjoying what I do. But if it's what yeah. gets me the most audience, it's exactly. a way up, right? <laughs> exactly. You want you want to find you want to find that middle ground. Yeah. If there, if if for example if there's something that you really enjoy making but no one wants to buy it, cool. Just enjoy making it and, yeah. and come to peace with the fact that no one else wants it. That's okay. Yeah. Um. But if if it's finding that middle ground, it's finding something that you really enjoy making, other people really enjoy it, and it's taking notice of your audience. Mm-hmm. It's paying attention to what people want and and listening. You know, because conversations are two way thing. Yeah. Um. I found as so something I admired immediately by you guys is how like proactive you are like with your advertising because I, I was sort of in a rut with my like ah I can't grow my thing and like, I need to to make a living and I really don't want to like sacrifice what I'm about and my mission and goal in life for like going back to doing security and telling people oh what's your ID mate you know like fuck <laughs> that like, I hate it I want I want to make the world a better place and I know I can with my skills it's just 
getting past Zuckerberg's algorithm. God damn it. Like, yeah, how do I get seen more? And it's like, because I'm fixated on Instagram. And then uh, you guys like walking around, talk to people, posting things through doors. You got a billboard. I'm like, fuck, the game is like, <laughs> like, aspiring. Like, you need to do this too. And uh, yeah, I think like to learn from each other, it's just uh, yeah. like, as we, you grow and we grow and like, just everyone you encounter, you can learn from and, and also teach. Like, it's a, definitely like there's there's so much value in social media but like we haven't got social media right yet no. and it's not the only it's not the only way of communicating you know yeah. um so yeah like we, you know we we walk around and we knock on people's doors and we tell people about us yeah it's tough yeah yeah it's tough but it's fun it's really fun like we get to meet so many great people get to connect with great artists we get invited on to podcasts mm -hmm. yeah as a result of conversations that happen yeah, yeah. um <laughs> you know people people hear about us they pass us on to their friends they sign up to to one of our auditions our subscriber base grows and it's from walking around having those conversations but it, it's a, it's not an easy thing to do knocking on a stranger's door and, yeah. like, Hello. and it is relatively <laughs> slow still you know we still need ways of, of growing more quickly than we are doing yeah like this and it also you know it takes a while if we... There's going to be a point where we've knocked on half the doors in Brighton or all the mm -hmm. doors in Brighton. And we're going to have to go further than that. Yeah. <laughs> go around again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People have moved. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, so the, the door to doors is a really, really interesting one. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting. It is. It's, um, it is slow. You know, we, we do need to go grow a bit faster than that. But it's something that works. Growing slow is better than not. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then yeah, we've got the um, the banner up in um, in the centre of Brighton. Yeah, cool. um, genius. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's just hanging outside of where I live. Um, so, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I, live, I live in the middle of Brighton. Let's put a banner Ooh. outside. So we're going to be there for another week. Yeah. So in um, in like five five days on Saturday, I have to move out, and I've got nowhere to move in. Oh wow! <laughs> if you're in the Brighton area, <laughs> you have a room. Yeah. Um, I'm going to a viewing on Wednesday. That I'm pretty, pretty. Ho you can probably call this shit. Going to a viewing on Wednesday. I'm really excited about it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully something good will come of it. Um, and and if not, I'll, I'll, I'll still be okay. Like I'm not going to take to the streets. Um, no, I'm not, I've made a noise as if I was thinking about it. I'm not thinking about it. <laughs> Uh, one of my friends um, I was having a conversation with uh, a couple of days ago and I uh, he was I was like oh, it's got to be a way for me to like um, you know cut my living costs but carry on what I do like I want to invest everything that I'm spending on like electricity and water and rent and like all these like excessive fucking things that mm. shouldn't be as much as they are to drain a human being uh, into like what I do because I could make I could grow it instantly I, I just know I could and uh, he was like yeah mate I lived in the woods for three years I just gave up and uh, on society just got a job in yes. a in a call center actually and then uh, and just lived in the woods and I was like <laughs> right. that's genius I was like I don't know how to do the podcast though yeah. <laughs> like, like it would really be a limiting factor like, yeah. <laughs> it would be. you could you could you could um you set some up. different equipment maybe yeah go in a van power generator i didn't think that but with this kill the bill thing is going on which ironically you spotted me at one of the protests mm. right it's, uh, you, you saw me snap at I the shop in the protest does it oh it's bystander um yeah I, I was i wasn't even a bystander i was um I, I i was doing a bit of dancing to the drumming um what was i doing i was God knows, I was in the middle of something. Mm. Um, but then I saw loads of people at the front taking shots. And then I saw the photo that you posted. And I was like, oh, so I think I just saw you take that shot. Because <laughs> um, was, that was almost outside where I live. Mm. Um, and yeah, but I, I wasn't a part of the protest. Ah, uh, fair. Okay. Um, yeah. But what, so what, um, I, I know about the protest, but I, I'm 
now interested in the link between the protest and living in a van. Yeah, so this bill uh, being proposed is not only to take away the right to peaceful protest or severely restrict it to the point where it would be absolutely useless uh, and, you know, I can name all the things like uh, women's right to vote or, or, you know, name your thing as a society that's come from uh, hard protesting to get the point across. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are just using this law as a, you know, like, oh, yeah, it could... Uh, restrict the the right to protest but we're not going to do it to that extreme but like this government might not but the next one might and you know these laws are very this government will yeah yeah exactly so and no one should have that sort of control over the populace um so it's not only just protesting but also the right to um to to be in the land so trespassing laws are becoming like super extreme so it's affecting the traveler community like hard like Mm. uh the police could basically say um, you know, you you don't have the right to be here. We're taking away your homes, your caravans, your vans, your whatever, um, and and impounding it. And you you if you don't live anywhere, you're now homeless. And also, you're homeless and you're trespassing. So now you're going to prison. So and again, government probably wouldn't do it to that extreme. But there are cases in history where they have. Like let's go back to the, the you know the Third Reich. <laughs> they did some pretty awful shit, and they were a government. And uh, name the other governments and if you go you know a thousand miles in any direction to some other countries there are atrocities and genocides like we're very privileged in this country to think we're like harm you know we're like oh, that's not gonna happen to me because it's just britain <laughs> no no it can and it will <laughs> like if we allow it the only reason mm-hmm. we've got all these rights and freedoms is because our ancestors stormed the beaches of fucking normandy and shot at nazis and had to yeah a normal human being that had a, a, a job as a baker a job as a, a blacksmith they, they had to put on soldiers uniform and go and drive bayonets into other human beings what an awful horrible cost for our freedoms but they did it and for us to just be like oh yeah sure yeah Boris Johnson take it away take, take away our rights to protest and <laughs> liberty and democracy and uh no no fucking way so yeah it's it's so um important that this bill doesn't pass but it hasn't got nearly enough traction um you know to, so uh yeah back to the van sorry didn't specify so with with van living uh that that could essentially become illegal and um uh, i was like it, it's a good option for me to do the podcast on the go because i can reach other people you just drive mm. Mm, there you know <laughs> go to your house come do my podcast in my van sounds cool right mm. um but if this law passes and i think i think it was debated either yesterday or it's being pushed back till september and if it passes you know, uh, I don't want the risk of my home being taken away on the the biased decision of a police officer. You know, because I, I you know, I have a p- police officer came on this podcast. Like, we fell out over this. It, it was a very awkward situation. Um, because he was of the opinion that like he should be able to do whatever you want, and I was like, well, no, because you have biases. I have biases. Everyone has a bias. Like, we we have, you know, we might not like something, but doesn't. And if I had the power, let's say, I don't know over the radio right what comes on the radio i would be very biased to my choice of music mm. and i probably wouldn't allow like i don't know some really what i consider crappy music but what i consider crappy other people fucking love so yeah. i shouldn't have that power right so it's the same with any decision in society or government um uh if, if we if we allow it through, through just giving up which is what society's doing but it's, it's not just giving up it's it's also manipulation through social media like uh you know uh, algorithm cancelling certain things like if i post something covid it, we've mentioned covid 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 comes up in this post that goes on instagram it will have a little disclaimer fact checking and if you go into those fact checks they're not always 100 percent like you know 
uh, there's a dude in America. Sorry for rambling. <laughs> we'll get to my point. I'm agreeing with it all so far. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It's always worrying when people don't. I, uh, yeah, I fell out with a couple of people because uh, I was just like, can you not see? I, I may even made a big video. Lots of people celebrated it. The people that didn't celebrate it were kind of like, oh, no, but I want that to happen. I want authoritarianism. I don't want, mm. I don't, you know, and it was all because of extreme biases, racism, sexism, uh, you know, homophobia, like all these, all these terrible, terrible things that people sort of keep in their little pocket and then mm. you know when an opportunity comes it's like no i'm racist and i i think boris should have say or whatever or, yeah they suddenly the true colors come out and i was i was always under the impression that the people that I kept around me were democracy based you know like uh, to hear to hear people like professionals in their industry say like oh yeah we should have cancel culture like cancel culture is a good thing because you know people are idiots like no no because like, we know where that leads if you if you look at a history book like you know you, it, well, some history books we can't read because they were literally banned by a cancel culture <laughs> like, like you never cancel anything the only thing you ever cancel is people trying to cancel and that's called war so um yeah i rambled apologies <laughs> yeah it's it's very important so yeah that's why i can't do my podcast in a bus <laughs> i mean i i would say fuck them and do it anyway yeah if, if that's what you wanted to do i say fuck them because i think actually like what you're talking about fundamentally is like an, an inf- if something gets outlawed i think that's an infringement or not i think i mean it is an infringement on your on your human rights so i'd say fuck them because i don't think fundamentally you're doing anything wrong exactly however the, the fear of that i can i can understand why um that's then a quite big risk to take mm. um similarly um yeah, it's interesting this whole whole kill the bill thing and and sort of like what what is allowed to be said and what isn't allowed to be said mm-hmm. on social media. Um, I mean, I think for a long time, I don't think it's just social media. I think it's media in general. Um, you know, we've we've been led to think um, certain things and we've had op- opinions already like implanted within us um, that aren't truly ours. Like I remember once um, reading, <laughs> I read the Daily Mail um, because I I enjoy reading the Daily Mail. Um, and the reason I enjoy reading it is because I like picking holes in it. Yeah, um, <laughs> I really like picking holes in it. So I um I once saw um a headline. Um, I can't remember what the headline was, but it was Jeremy Corbyn. Mm. Um, back when Jeremy Corbyn was leader of the Labour Party, and they had he Jeremy Corbyn had done a speech and he's waved at everyone like this, and the front page taken a still of him. Like this, uh, and posted it as a Nazi salute. Yeah, and they hadn't they hadn't alluded to it or anything, but you know the connotations were there, mm-hmm. and just silly things like that. I've always noticed in media, and so I actually think our our rights to protest have been taken away because we actually protest against um people, each each other anyway, and mm-hmm. um, we 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 already have like a, a huge section of society that's like no no no, and that's because for a long time our opinions have have haven't been our own; they've sort of been um, implanted in us through through various, like, through social media and, and through just media generally. Um, and I think that's quite sad and quite interesting. I also think what's quite interesting is actually protesting in general, um, that, that the history of protesting and sort of what it's achieved is, has been wonderful. But I always believe our our, our, govern, our governing system to be quite archaic, mm. given that um, it hasn't changed drastically. Um, for well over a hundred years, and I mean, just the, just the the advances that humanity's made <laughs> this century, um, or just even this decade in the past five years, yeah. the advances we've made, and yet we're still living on a on the same governing system, which I think is quite strange. We've not advanced that, and I actually think the protesting, whilst effective, 
is not as effective, it's not as impactful as various other ways that we can make our voices heard. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I thought was quite interesting, sort of, um, at the start of the pandemic, is we got separated into essential and non-essential <laughs> workers, um, which was yeah, which was quite bizarre. Um, and then George Floyd was murdered. Um, illegally and, and horribly and I was watching people protest and I thought sure but the protests don't have as much impact as what they used to Yeah. I thought the thing that speaks loudest truly to a society is, is money um, and you've just been separated into essential and non-essential workers non-essential workers decided to band together and not work the economy would crash <laughs> yeah quite horribly that'd be a good way to get a point across yeah if any but it requires it requires a huge number of people to agree on something and do something quite drastic exactly which it, is unlikely it, yeah, yeah. Theor- theoretically it's great but yeah so we, i'm not vetoing that we can't, we, <laughs> can't agree, we can't we can't agree on anything and that's actually one of the um that's one of the issues that we have um, in society, you know, people want to know why there's the uber wealthy and the, the super wealthy and why they control things mm. and why it's limited to a certain number of people because they only have to agree amongst themselves. Yeah. Isn't, isn't it know? a good thing that people, that it's it's a bit difficult to find consensus amongst everybody because mm. then we, we, you know, everybody has different opinions, different experiences and different reasons for believing what they believe. And so I think I think if everybody agreed on everything, then you won't have as many people doing amazing things that nobody else had thought of before with you i'm definitely with you on that point people should have different opinions it's just that our opinions have been scoped and shaped by mm. um by outside sources yeah but that's always going to happen it doesn't matter what that source is it but doesn't de- matter but it but doesn't matter deliberately yeah mm-hmm. it's 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 deliberate but i mean what's it, the alternative you're always going to have I mean, this is this is a form of doing that, you know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What What's the alternative? And that goes back to talking about our archaic structure that we have in in um, in government, which which actually got formed. When was When was Magna Carta? Oh, it's like thirteen forty something. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, we're, years we're still living on a on a in a in a government structured. Yeah. Um, as such, when we've made such advances, and, yeah. and what we've seen with that is because the structure's been around for so long, it's really easy to learn. It's a bit like football. If you watch football and Man City are playing incredibly or Liverpool are playing incredibly, the more that they play in their style, um, with their formation, and they stick to it, other teams start finding them out and work out how mm. to exploit it. We've had the same governing system um, for. 700 years yeah and it's been exploited and i mean if you look at the the top if you look at our cabinet i think everyone went to eton everyone bar one went to eton mm. which is groupthink, and you've got people that are just out for themselves um and there's no outside influence and what you just said about isn't it wonderful that everyone has different opinions yeah. yes it is but they should have different opinions in government and more representative of people in that's yeah i i agree with that i i i i'm not against change and i do agree with you about the yeah sorry i know, I know you're not is. talking to you as if you're like <laughs> but, some sort of tory <laughs> but the yeah the expectation of getting lots of people to agree mm. is is just an unrealistic don't one. expect lots of people to agree well, what my point with that is one actually money um speaks louder 
Um, so people should just watch where they spend their money and who they spend their money with. And I don't think it's fair to ask people not to go to work. But two, it was this is why shit gets done at the top. This is why there's a limited number of people because they can agree amongst themselves. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having a difference of opinions, mm. but it's why, um, as a society, it's why we're, we're, we're you know, it's why we're, we're quite. Mm. I think it's a character trait from my observation is that like people that are interested in multiple things, variables, and like people like us, we we we, we have things we want to do, right? We I don't want to sit here and be like, hey, you need to sort the recycling, and that's your role in society, like. But there are people that are like, well, I don't want to do these things, but I, you know, I have these resources. That person needs resources. I'm going to make sure that they only earn enough that they continue to need those resources, and I can tell them what to do. And that's everyone in in like political power right now, right? Because they're they and then that goes on for centuries. Because initially it was like the Magna Carta. People in the tent, like, stop fucking with us and like give us homes. <laughs> and then over years, these people that controlled that sort of realm of like what laws are and rules and the councils uh they gave their jobs to their friends their family generations go on and we get to like uh, monarchies or we get to just like eaten you know like only certain people go to certain places and then the group think begins because they're not it's not inclusive to everyone anymore and then they have a accumulation of wealth and unless something like in france happens or there's a revolution and they just you know, like all right you fucked with us too much we're going to tear you down distribute everything again or like communism in russia or you know uh, marxism or, or, or whatever like uh, it, it causes chaos momentarily but it like equalizes and people like you know politics sort of balances out and we have good periods and uh, or you know it goes like with germany and england and america where there's a there's a fucking war like that's when people do band together and you know like people that have all these differences like oh right we have to fight these guys because yeah. they're killing all of the jewish people we can't have that so like then then people mobilize but yeah, it's a shame that we have to be pushed to that, you know, because we all just want to carry on doing our thing, right? Well, you want to do poems, play posts. I want to do Alexander and podcasts. Like, I don't want to have to go and protest every weekend mm. for, like, my future offspring or, or friends' offspring or to, to not have some biased police officer that may or may not be racist, sexist, homophobic, to have say in what they do or what they put in their body or, yeah, anything. Like, mm. Uh, rambled again. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I agree. It's, it's, I mean, you talk about it in in the form of uh, of a sort of cyclical process there, whereby you know there is there is a change. The change works for a bit, and then eventually the change stops working. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that is that cycle is is just happening so much more quickly now because mm -hmm. there is so much because everything is instantaneous. Access to information about every single possible um, thing that might require change or debate or thought everybody everybody is aware of it all the time and they're so wide-ranging that there's always that that cycle of being unhappy with where we are is always going to be present in at least one of the things that you care about yeah. or it's going to be in one of the things that somebody else cares about and whereas there might have been a point in the past where everybody had something that they were unhappy about and so they got together and they fixed it mm. I think that with with uh, with the sort of information economy as it is now, in that you can you can pick and choose what you want to care about every ten minutes if you want to. I, um, I th th there's always going to be so many people unhappy with it. Yeah, perhaps I, more so than in previous I don't epochs. Think, I don't think the unhappiness at the moment is just a result of inevitability. I think if if we're looking at um, the government I think there is a, a huge distrust that's been growing for years and growing mm. I mean 
you know, in in the papers at the moment, we're talking Boris Johnson, who who spent fifty eight thousand pounds of public money or donor money to renovate his his girlfriend's um, flat. Uh, is that's the accusation? It, that's yeah. Okay, let, okay. Let, so let's look at the garden. Bri- let's look at the garden bridge project. Mm. Do you know much about the garden bridge project? No, that won't do. Proposed bridge. Mm. Um, you know, going over Waterloo. Um, it cost the public something like thirty-five million pounds. Never got built. Mm. Um, and then I, I mean, I, you know, stringently went through company's house and started picking apart. And there were some weird bodies involved. Mm. Really, Joanna Lumley was involved, who is actually typically Labour, um, but is good friends with Boris Johnson, who is Conservative. And there was this whole Garden Bridge Trust that was set up, and the money that they spent, you go onto their accounts, they spent something like. 900,000 on the website and I've looked at the website and the website that I built for a lot less than that is better than that website <laughs> yeah. um, no one needs to spend 900,000 but it's a shit website and to say it costs you 900,000 pounds there's some dodgy stuff going on but that's just mm. one example look at yeah. Renfell and then they're using that cladding again at the moment to, to put around schools I don't think it's inevitable that people are just unhappy about something I think there's a real mistrust in our government and I think that there should be, and I think it's the, the powerlessness, you know, of what can we do? Like, well, we, we've known that these people are idiots for a long time, mm. um, and then you know, Boris Johnson, is, we, we know he's an idiot, but we're going to chuck him in anyway. He's did, yeah, it, it's um, it's it's pretty hopeless, it's pretty helpless. And you say people have access to a wealth of information, which, yes, on one hand, they do, but when that information has been um manipulated manipulated infiltrated um mm. you know you look at all, all the bots online that's swaying position but um throughout um the brexit debate the tories made a, a twitter handle called um fact check fact check something or other which was not official at all but they used it to forward their propaganda mm. under the guise that this was real information mm. and all they have to do is oh sorry we, it was a bit of a misjudgment and everyone goes oh right, cool no yeah no worries zero consequence yeah <laughs> oh well, you spent 35 million pounds on a bridge that doesn't exist yeah and then tfl have have they they paid an extra five million to count to cancel the project they cancelled the project and it, the public paid tfl five million pounds and tfl had the nerve to say oh well that was pretty cheap. <laughs> Five million pounds for you to not build a bridge. Like, I, I'm, I'll... Why, would t- why TfL? Transport for London. Yeah. Was okay. Because uh, they, they were involved. Because they're all... Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, that, it's the kind of choose your conspiracy, right? There's like endless examples of government just sort of being a bit dickish. I don't think it's conspiracy at this point. Oh, oh no. So, I mean, so, uh, sorry. Uh, I may re- misphrase that. Like, there's conspiracy theory, which is like, oh, that might be happening. Oh, and then and there's, then, there's and like, then, yeah. there's a genuine, it's actually happening. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And, you know, and I can understand the sort of... Um, so, yeah, when you can say people can pick and choose what they're angry about, I think people are angry about everything. Mm. I think mm. there's some people that steadfastly believe in something and, and fight for it, but there's people that are just angry at the government in general. They're not sure why. They don't fully understand it because it's all smoke and mirrors, mm. but they know that something's not right because something isn't right and they've got bad taste in their mouth. And yeah, they're angry and cool. That does mean a lot of people will latch on to various political movements that perhaps they're not well informed about. Mm. But the, the the underlying factor and the root cause of it is is real. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting to observe that with Kill the Bill because like a lot of the people at the protests, like 
annoyingly to me i'm like ah oh, you're like the face of this like you're the guys chanting like a cab like which i personally don't agree with i don't think all police officers yeah. are bastards yeah. like, uh, this, this we we so we had a really good view of the protest from from alex's place mm. uh which and the reason that um so i i agree with everything you said about the bill mm. wholeheartedly i think it's an awful incredible piece of legislation mm. and and i find it i find it just I find it surprising that anybody even had the goal to put it forward yeah. in this particular day and age. Pretty Patel. <laughs> but the protests were so mired in in other things, you know. Mm-hmm. They the there were there were kill the bill signs, there were ACAB signs, there were uh Black Lives Matter signs, there there were all sorts of causes and all sorts of um messages, some of which I agreed with and some of which I didn't. Yeah. That that really it it felt like the um it's getting to people people to agree on something again it's just not possible yeah. um yeah. and it meant that the impact was diluted was much diluted yeah. yeah and it was it was quite frightening actually in a way because um because of, of the, because there was so much that I want that I agreed with and wanted to be you know wanted to be supporting in any way that I can yeah and yet there was other stuff that I didn't want to associate with myself with at all exactly and it would cost you to associate with like I know yeah. I got I got a lot of people unfollowed me on Instagram because of my association with Killer Bill and I had to like privately message some of them some I just didn't care about some would you to come on the podcast like uh, and they were like oh you're disgusting and I was like well, hang on a second whoa because my, my viewpoint was like from the democracy sense human rights like all these things that you know our ancestors fought and died for like that's what I was seeing and they were seeing like kill police officers mm-hmm. and they were socially meeting with that and I was just like no no that's not that's not what I meant like at all like but those people are out protest it's hard to deny and and they you know they're the ones screaming dumb shit and if you do talk to them and you ask them what the bill is they can't answer it they just they've just gone in with a group but it's 162 organizations and charities that come together to try and stop this one thing it's been hijacked like there's now inward fighting i I almost stepped away i was quite involved with it particularly after seeing what happened in bristol and in Mm. manchester like the woman being dragged through the street like uh, like half dressed and um police officers just enjoyed it like the, the photographer lizzie um chow she she was on the scene and she was like those police officers enjoyed every second of humiliating that woman like half dressed in the street and in bristol you could see the police officers were enjoying beating protesters they they had no remorse they charged fucking horses at them they set dogs on them i watched live feeds on youtube I, my blood boiled at how the police treated innocent civilians who were just trying to say hey human rights are important it's the foundation of our democracy don't take it away and they were villainized and then the media jumped in uh you know so i i wanted to go to the process and defend that and then i'm seeing these lunatics that are now inward fighting with each other like oh the socialist work party they're a bunch of rapists you know oh the uh the black lives matter movement they're antifa like yeah mm. just accusations left right and center not true true like just disgusting horrible like you've forgotten the whole fucking point which is mm. to defend human rights and democracy yeah. and i just i just walked away and I, I was almost like sad i was like why can i fight alongside people like the police who were organized that were like if they if those people if those police officers in bristol had turned around and just stood with the protesters and utilized their skills and their the logistics and their resources to fight for the same cause that they've sworn oaths to defend <laughs> you know they're like yeah we're police officers we'll uphold peace we'll fight for justice we'll protect the people suddenly they've turned around and started beating them in the street like like if they just 
had their moral compass they were like hang on a second no whoever's in command whoever's giving that order no and then join the police like they did in italy uh, just it would have i would have much preferred to march with the police hell i would have fucking joined them like if i had the credentials or the, or the skill set that they require like they were a more of an effective team than this gaggle of fucking morons mm, that was mm. screaming in the street like you know oh it's, it pisses me off but hey uh the, this that i think the people that truly are strong and i think we saw a slice of it in hyde park we saw it yesterday like the the protests that happened there no. um so there was like a million march through london news barely covered it right because oh. uh, yeah and it wasn't due with killer bill it was through uh like lockdowns people saying like i can't feed myself uh i i do want to protect people from this virus but i can't i'm going to be evicted like we're yeah. fucked like there's this whole unheard section of society that are like yeah i've i've locked down for a year i can't so they've gone out in the streets the media's like oh they're anti-covid anti-vaxxers you know, just hate on them just villainize them so there's a million march happened and then i know three four thousand people were in hyde park at the end giving talks and then the police marched in with batons and they start hitting people and then people retaliated because why wouldn't you if a police officer hits me i'm gonna you exercise my right as a human being to defend myself uh and and again the media there's this one photo i saved it i'll even upload it to this exact segment if you're watching of a man in a suit holding the wrist of a female police officer's hand and then the, in his other hand holding the baton that she's trying to strike him with. But in the way it is, it looks like he's clocking her in the jaw. Right. And if you look closely, you can see he's just holding on to these, these appendages of this woman trying to hit him to defend himself. And the media portrayed it as this COVID denier strikes policewoman in the face. They're playing on sexism. They're playing on COVID breaching laws. Like they're, they're using all these dirty little tricks to make this guy a villain who's just defending himself because he can't live anymore. Like, and like, it's, it might be okay for you, sat in a home, if you're listening and you've got everything going well for you. I did in this pandemic. I actually thrived. Good for me. However, some people were like in cramped accommodations with, you know, no, they can't afford electricity anymore. Their internet's gone. They can't communicate with the world. They can't. It's, it's hard. Like, so like you have to listen to them. Otherwise, this happens. Protesting happens. So then just to make protests illegal and just start hitting them. Hmm. Like this whole section of society that are grown, strong people that haven't even gone out yet. They're going to start awakening i believe and the morons the students the idiots that scream make out in the street <laughs> they will be a small percentage of the protesters and i think what we'll see is something on the scale of like the world war where like you know people just give up their jobs so you kind of saw it in ukraine have you seen in, in on netflix winter on fire no. i say it's about um when ukraine tried to join the eu um the the president was like yeah we're gonna join the european union and then oh we're siding with russia all of a sudden like last minute even though he was voted to... so there was a protest and the police treated the students that protested like animals they hit them they did awful like war crimes they um so then the working class were like if you treat our children like this we're gonna we're gonna protest so they went to the next one and it was like five times the number and it was regular people and they were they were you know are capable so then the police responded with even more force and then because it was russian influence russia shipped in a load of like uh mm. their police volunteers and, yeah and they, they had a specific name there were people from prison that they were just like given police equipment and said go and cause as much havoc as possible they also put people on the other side of the protest as provocateurs to give the excuse to use the force so it was very dirty and um the people of Ukraine didn't stand for it and, and they, they, they rose up. It turned into a conflict like, and just to watch it unfold over six months going from like a protest to 
civilians being armed and to see interviews with a guy like, yeah, I worked in a bank. I was on a really good wage, but I, I gave all that up to go throw rocks at the police. And then <laughs> the scene later, holding weaponry and the war still going on now. And as far as I know, Russia's moving more troops in currently. Like, that's the kind of shit that can happen if we don't defend our rights uh, or if we get a, let it get to like a, a level like that. Um, so yeah, I, I believe that the British people hopefully will won't let it get to that. But that's the kind of power we've got here if we choose. Yeah, ramble. I, yeah, no, um, <laughs> that is interesting. Yeah, pe- people are always gonna always gonna stick up for themselves, which is which is good. I don't think it will come to that. Yeah. Um, I don't think it will come to that. I think what will happen is we're more or less adhere to the to the current guidelines. I think things will open up, um, and people that have been having a hard time I, I i hope that those that have been in fortunate enough positions to sort of make it through um will just look to lift everyone up mm-hmm. and that remains to be seen like remains to be seen i i don't think it's going to come to a point where we'll be warring on the streets yeah i i still yeah i i it may well do but i i don't think it will um i don't think it will i don't i don't think don't think. <laughs> I do think. Um, yeah, I've been wrong before about this, though. Have I? Well, you were building a, uh, a bunker when, when the whole thing first started. Wise. Yeah, to an extent, yeah. Um, I don't think I like it will. bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, um, it wasn't quite a bunker. It was an it was an escape plan. Um, There's loads of food above your head. I was stocking up for when the supply chains get stopped. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe everyone. Maybe it's just me that's doing it. Then. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it, I don't think that will happen. I I look at um, the US. I look at where they are mm-hmm. with their lockdown. They've actually stopped their mask mandates in a lot of states now. Mm-hmm. Their cases are going down. Yeah. They've vaccinated almost every adult. Mm-hmm. They might even be ahead of us on vaccinations now. Um, and life is, you know, Miami's open, but Miami's Miami. Yeah. Um, life is pretty open there, and I think we're on the same scale. I don't. I, I agree. I think if if things stay locked down, if it gets extended, if there's any changes to what the guidelines currently are, people are going to revolt, mm. and people will revolt. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. I don't. Mm. I think the. I think there's enough. Um, there's enough anti-establishment anti-establishmentarianism. Um, in the world, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I was just enjoying that you shoehorned that word in there. <laughs> yeah, um, but I think I think there's an, enough um, feeling of that at mm. the moment, especially with what's going on in politics at the moment between Cummings and, and Johnson. Mm. Um, I think, given that there has been significantly actually throughout this pandemic, it feels to me as if there's been more protests than ever. Mm. Um, never have I noticed protests so often. Um, That's why they cut it down on it. They can't control it at this stage, but yeah, because they can't control it because the only way around it is they need to get out and put people in that can know what they're doing now. It's... And I, so I, I don't, I don't think it's going to get to the stage. I don't, as much as I, I dislike the current government quite openly and quite aggressively, um, I don't think they're stupid. No, yeah, and I don't think they're stupid enough to to not adhere to what we currently have. Yeah. Um, you know, I did wonder what the stats were going to look like as we started to reopen. And stats have been going down still. Cases have been going down. Deaths have been steady. Mm. Um, and I, I don't think 
I think if we was looking at another an extension of what's currently going on, I think the the stats that we got would have been different. We'd have seen a rise, so that then there would have been a justification. Yeah. You know, people have put up with a lot of shit. We put up with the whole Christmas debacle. <laughs> um, you know, we put up with the whole um, initial lockdown, not lockdown, no one fucking knows debacle. We put up with the tier system. We, we put up with too much shit. I mean, even away from COVID, there's a lot of stupid shit that we put up with. Yeah, but I don't. So we'll probably put up with more, Boris. If you if you fancy fucking us over a bit more, we'll probably put. Yeah. We'll probably we'll probably just lay down and 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 submit. Because there's a lot to give up everything you're doing. Because I suppose society here is like so entrapped and like you know uh, every month making your meeting your your margin of finances. If you give that up for even a month, you're kind of fucked. So to like, oh, I'm gonna go protest heavily or like you know. Like, there's facial recognition at all the protests now they can see you through the fucking face mask like, I, I went to three of them and I was just like well I'm on a list now Like, so like, there's nothing to stop people like, kicking my door and I'm being like uh, what's in here that we can get you with you know, or what have you said on your podcast or something that we can twist in a way to, to get you arrested like, I'm very susceptible to losing everything I've worked really hard for probably not going to happen but could mm. so for someone to do that on a more extreme like like imagine the suffragettes like all the kind of shit they do they sabotage things man they went to factories and fucked it up they set fire to shit <laughs> like, like it's all the things they require to get women the right to vote and like i'm all for it but like put that in today's media and it would be like they're domestic terrorists they're mm. arsonists mm. they're was they not painted as domestic terrorists at the time they must have been by yeah they were but i guess they're celebrated now and I wonder what section of society it is that idolizes them. That you know, or you know, put them in their history books as someone to idolise. It's very hard to know what's right in the moment. Hindsight's a very powerful thing. Mm. History paints a picture that we can't yet see. Um, and the present is tomorrow's history. That's beautiful. Nicely put. <laughs> Maybe those people we were talking to earlier could give us a bell. Who? The ones in the future. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. no we're, yeah. <laughs> Basically, we're just gonna. Um, I'm not addressing these like people again. I, think. This is just, this <laughs> I enjoyed a, that. This is just a point to the room. But, um, but basically, you know, I've, we were speaking a lot about politics. I tend to not get involved. Same, I've been, yeah. I've been, I, I keep away from politics. Is that um, part of the problem? That people who disagree fundamentally with the system as it is don't get involved. Um, yeah, to to a point, to a point. But however, um. Mm. I, I don't get involved because I, because I've seen this I, I've I've seen this show hundreds of times I've seen the corruption in government and mm. I I personally don't believe that um, I don't think that much will change as as if we continue as are mm. um, if we I, I don't I, no, that's my that's my on the, my honest always truth. be corruption right yeah. I think I don't think that we will I think the change that's needed is is much more revolutionary um, like AI yeah. It's it's much more revolutionary than than anything a protest can bring about. I, mm. like, I think the the change that's needed is drastic. Mm. Um, yeah, war on the streets. Mm? War on the streets, like you said. Yeah, and I think you'll, you won't be able to get war on the streets. There's no way you'll get war. No. I I don't think you'll get war on the streets. No, I mean this. We don't have the the equipment, the weaponry. Like in America, maybe because they're, they're all armed to the fucking teeth. But here, we've got nothing, and we would be very we don't easily have the consensus. Down first off that's yeah. the main thing yeah we, i don't i don't think enough people would would go for it i mm. think it's 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 quite a, a small section of society that perhaps would mm. um i 
I think the only I think it needs to be changed from the inside. Mm. And I that's think, a slow burning process. And that takes time and, and that takes money. To Ruben's point, it's because people like you and me that would probably be really good in that sort of like we're giving people and we uh I'd be a terrible leader. <laughs> terrible but that's why we don't do it. But that's the, we're essentially the sort of people that should be doing it and we should be or at least involved in voting. Like I, I've always said I've never voted. Anyone that's known me a really, really long time would probably like laugh at the fact that I'm interested in politics and I'm going to protest because I've always been like I, like, I don't wanna choose the better of three evils. Like, you know, these politicians do not support my ideas. I don't care. They all seem sort of spoiled children and I always said, Well if it gets bad enough because they're like, well, you don't have any right to complain about anything. And I was like, well, I don't complain about anything. And I was like, if it ever gets to a stage where I do, I'll go fight. And I'm having to eat my words now. I'm having to go fight, which is why I'm giving up every Saturday to go protest. And if it comes to it, I'll arm up as a fucking domestic terrorist if I have to. Like in 1943 Germany, to be a good human being, you had to be a criminal. Like, I'm just going to wear that on my heart and, and act accordingly as a moral compass. Um, but it's in- interesting that you don't vote. I think I think everybody Didn't, should you know, vote. Will do now. Yeah. I think everybody should vote, but I do think that a spoiled ballot is a vote, mm. um, or a none of the above. You know, yeah. there are, there are ways to have a vote without voting for one of the options that you're given. Yeah. And not very many people take it. It's not they a lesson could. that I learned until now and should it's up to schooling really. Like schooling mm. really didn't focus on the importance of learning or, or, or government or anything. So um, and I, I know a ton of people that didn't vote either, but are now like, oh, fuck, we really need to like pay attention to this. And Joe Rogan put it well. He was just like, mm-hmm. I kind of like, it didn't matter really who I voted for. I would just sort of trust that like the mayor of Los Angeles would sort of like do a, a good job because they've gone for that job role, <laughs> you know, like, and if they didn't do a good job, they would be desecrated for it. But, you know, when an emergency happens and they do a really bad job, it, it starts to affect people. And it's like, shit, we need to pay attention to who we vote in as a mayor and our votes do count. And mm. yeah, suddenly democracy like has meaning again, because for a lot of my youth, I just didn't care. I want to do my own thing. I want to <laughs> be Alexander Rand and create shit. Uh, so, yeah, I, I guess we've all had to learn that hard lesson in this experience. And and uh, yeah, vote. Yeah, maybe it might be more interested in it. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think I think the uh, just I think the whole system needs to be rebuilt, top to bottom, top to. I I think I think that's and that's a big old job, mm. um and and that's why I stay away from politics. Not because I'm I'm scared to take on a job, but at the at, at the same, I, I wouldn't know where to start. To be fair, but well, I do know where to start, and it's. It was, <laughs> no, I wouldn't tell you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, and so that that's like you know a, a big driving force behind Brian's my post is. I, I've I've seen people get stuck into these mm. boring life life cycles. You know, um, a big part of the vision is to make accessible tools that would normally cost a hell of a lot of money for free. Yeah. Um. That's a, that's a huge part of the vision. It, it's it's creating opportunities for people, not opportunities necessarily to monetize, commercialize, but opportunities for people to explore mm. um, different ideas. Opportunities for people to look after their mental health. Opportunities for people to have an option to go and paint a picture or cook sushi or play a bit of music or write a poem or any one of a number of things it's making this stuff accessible to everybody regardless of um regardless of gender regardless of sexuality regardless of race regardless of social class this is something that i want to be open for all and so whilst whatever happens in politics happens i'm honestly i'm so i'm so distant from it i'm so turned off of it Mm. it's like I'm, i'm an arsenal fan um, do, do you know much about football? I don't know. I used to be a huge Arsenal fan. Mm. And 
used to be really into it, but money swamped the game, and now I'm just completely disinterested. Yeah. Um, I'm not completely disinterested, but I'm a hell of a lot more disinterested than what I was. Mm. I still watch a bit of football from time to time, but I'm, you know, I'm not tribal. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, the I'm I'm I feel very disconnected from politics. I have done for a long time, but I don't feel disconnected from people. Um, and so ultimately, but what Poems by Post is looking to do is to create a system within the system mm. um, that actually helps people mm. um, in an exciting way. Whatever happens in politics can happen, but it's not going to deter me from doing what, yeah. what I think needs to be done. It's, as an observation, interesting to see that you don't partake in politics, but the role of a politician is to support the people and do good. And you've in a non-political way taking that responsibility on yourself with your your role in society and and life to to do their job because they're not doing it they're just like you've naturally concluded people need like support i can do that with what i've done i've created this thing and now you're doing it anyway so you are kind of in a way in politics inadvertently <laughs> oh. slightly, slightly different the the role of a politician as well is to kind of carve the so is 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 to is to define the rules by which everybody else has to live mm. define the box if we go back to boxes it's defining the box whereas what poems by Post wants to do is start in the middle of the box and kind of give support outwards mm. so that people can find their own paths definitions yeah. rules yeah um yeah I... and you still need somebody to do the the boxing job i guess you know yeah, yeah, yeah. you still got, got to have a rule yeah. Oh, yeah. But, so, so it's a bit different. I find like the met like because I'm I'm very like anti-structure, anti-rules. Yeah, I am happy to defend and die for like human rights, which is a set of rules. Mm, <laughs> it's very mm. strange. Right? Yeah. But I think like abstract ruling that everyone sort of morally agrees on that's there for the people that can't like conceptualize these things. Like don't don't murder people. Mm. <laughs> like oh, but I really want to murder someone. Like it's well, rule, it's one. a law. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so like I respect that, and yeah, we very much need it, right? Yeah. Mm. So like let's keep those in place. But what I don't like is kind of like bias rules, you know. Like so, yeah, I I love and respect the fact that you, you choose people from any sect, and you don't have a particular like you know. Or I don't like uh, this type of person, so I'm not going to select them for my draw. You you're inclusive. You you you've got a broad range, and you even live in Brighton, where it's uber inclusive anyway, and everyone. Mm. So um yeah the, the politicians almost need to take a lesson from you and apply that to like everything like oh, okay we're all from eden maybe we should get someone in here that's not from eden like oh we don't get along with them but that's a good thing we need to like we need to we need back and forth like you just learn to work together as hu human beings and uh, uh make inclusive and um and, and just good uh but keep rules just not there needs to be some rules yeah there need to be some rules but like there's a, there's a lot of stupid rules mm. um like what you can put in your body like i find that i was listening to a podcast this morning about that like i'm all for psilocybin magic mushrooms if they same thing um for medical use for curing depression for uh muscular pain like inflammatory like all the things that science is now being like oh shit this thing's a wonder drug and like great and it's the class a drug at the moment it's illegal to have illegal to sell illegal to buy illegal. like mm. why is it illegal like it's amazing so why does someone in parliament have the the say because they don't know enough about it whether i can have it like i'm not harming anyone I'm taking it for me it, it cures me of a number of things it cures soldiers of a number of things like it's it's, it's awesome and i think in the future it just got passed in california uh, they've already got weed passed so it's just going to trickle down to us eventually but why do i have to spend a substantial amount of my life not having access to these things because someone in parliament that's too busy 
because they have wealth and resources, they're too busy eating fucking fargoa and caviar to to even stop and you know it's almost like uh, your your way of life is almost like an inconvenience to me. And the reports I'm getting from my uh, paid police officers is that you're all just drug users and chavs is what Boris Johnson said. The working class provides us with chavs, uh, doll seekers, and drug addicts. Like fuck off. That's not what we are. Like. The, you know, uh, circumstances depend on how you abuse things. Do you abuse alcohol because uh, your life is shit? Or do you enjoy alcohol because your life is great? And it's just a social tool to lubricant. Like, same with drugs. Like, heroin addicts mm. are heroin addicts because their lives are in turmoil. And then there's heroin users that use it on, like, a the recreational way to, you know, we have amazing art and books written by people that are on heroin, like, that inspire culture. Like, you can't just... Uh, I'm not advocating heroin, by the way. It's just a social observation here. But, you know, the less effective, less detrimental drugs, such as psilocybin and marijuana, I think shouldn't be dictated by uh, someone in parliament or a politician. So, I think that goes back to sort of um, talking about how archaic the, the structure is. I mean, when we have such um, accessibility to, to communicating with such a wide range of people, why are these decisions um, so so closed off? from the rest of us why why is destruction I, I think it needs to change from the inside out mm. you know it needs to it needs to go from top to bottom we we almost need to go, we almost need to actually go back in time <laughs> um we almost need to go back in time and actually have like a representative and this is kind of what we have at the moment but not really um but have a representative that is voted by the people just an every every person you know perhaps it's Perhaps it's a builder or perhaps it's somebody that's not trained to be a politician, somebody that represents Brighton, somebody that represents Hope, somebody that represents these areas. Mm. And then communication stream between constituents. Devil's advocate. Yeah. There isn't anything stopping that. Mm. It kind of exists in like the, the parties, right? Like I, so I did a video a while ago, of like writing to my local MP to say, mm. I oppose this bill. But is your local, is your local MP your mm. local MP? Or is your local MP somebody that's trained to be a politician that's actually from somewhere else? It is, yeah. yeah and, and my local MP is somebody that's trained. My local MP was, isn't anymore, um, was Joe Johnson, Boris Johnson's brother, who isn't from Orpington, which is where I'm from. Mm. And so right into your local MP, I think there's there should be... You need you need community. You need you need you need a committee within your community, and out of that committee, they elect somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's voted, you know, or a number of people that are voted by... You say there's nothing to stop it happening. Mm. There is a lot to stop it happening. There's the current political system, which is is filtered on a on a mm. is a closed shop, uh, and a law that's going to prevent unlawful gatherings. So if we were to well, sit around and be like, "Hey, I want to vote yeah. Alex for for yeah. PM," <laughs> like, no, you can't be around. There's more than two of you. Get back in your homes. But, but surely, <laughs> And, and, and also when you look at like the government website like it, it's also pretty shit um, and surely we could have like there should be some sort of there should be some sort of communication um, method from from the government like almost like a social media platform for MPs and you can watch their discussion live you know like I know you can watch it on the TV mm. um, but I'm talking read it fact check it hmm. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I don't know. Look, I'm just. I've never. I've never really thought about. It. As I say, I'm really disconnected from Same. politics. I don't know what the fucking answer yeah. is. Um, <laughs> I'm just putting ideas out of my ass at the moment. Um, Entertaining, regardless. This is a fascinating talk. I'm really yeah. enjoying it. Yeah, like, I, I. I just think it could be done better. Like, why? Why on earth is my local MP 
from um, not not from where I'm local to. Why mm. why is he not a, like a well respected, rounded member of the community that's like got accolades and and people behind him? Presumably because doors. none of them have applied. None of them. No, no, that's I, not it. I, it's, I don't it's, it's so common. The reason the reason for it is because it's 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 Boris Johnson's brother. We have got a seat down there. Yeah. We want to keep we want to keep Orpington red. Um, you know, fill it with this person. Yeah, we'll, we'll stick Joe down there. It's 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 less it's it's that it's not the person isn't coming from the community, yeah. um, and that's a real shame. Um, and also another thing, I don't I can't remember who my current MP is. I can't remember his name, um, but I think he's a lady at the moment. Um, she responded with a uh, <laughs> spam message. I was very disheartened. I was like, well, I'm writing to my local MP as I should to get my point across. Automated response. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's interesting because I, because I, I wrote to my local MP. So I, 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 this is when I was living back in Orpington. Um, I wrote to my local MP. Um, pretty soon after it was decided that MPs were going to get, be given an extra £1,000 a month to work from home so they could communicate with their constituents. I thought, mm. cool, let's see how good this communication is. Let's see where this £1,000 going. Mm. It took three weeks to reply and it was dismissive. Mm-hmm. Very dismissive. Mm. Um, and, and, yeah, I, 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 as I say, I remain disconnected from politics. I don't know what the answer is. The answer isn't as simple as, you know, like, oh, we just need local MPs because of... Yes, we have that, but it's it's all a facade. It's not real. We don't really have local MPs that are like championed by the local people. Like, yeah. oh, that's Dave. I have a drink with Dave down the pub. <laughs> yeah. You know, like he's a great guy. He, he did my wallpaper. Oh, he helped me take the bin bins out. <laughs> you know, like oh, he, he's always taking the bins out for my mum. Oh, he, he, yeah, he, he came round and he changed all my light bulbs. You know, I couldn't do it myself. Hmm. You know, like we need we need Dave. Like we need we need um, we need community championed we need people from the community that are championed representing mm. certain areas and 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 we've sort of as i say the 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 system that we have it's just been in place for so long that people have learned how to manipulate it and it's been manipulated to a point where boris johnson can just stick his brother in and you know oh fuck it yeah you go to alpington have you ever been to Orpington before? Nah, it's alright. They're a stupid mm. fucking bunch. Tell me what to do. Um, <laughs> sorry, Orpington. I don't think you're a stupid bunch. That was my impersonation of Boris. Yeah. Um, he thinks you're a stupid bunch. And you keep buying him in, so actually you probably are. Fucking idiots. Um, <laughs> Demographic yeah. drop. Give me a subscription from there. But, yeah, like I, I, don't, I don't know what the answer is. Um, no. And I just I I can as as with everyone and I and I hate people that do this I can see the problem and I can't offer a solution. No, that is why I don't get involved. Yeah. Because I I hate it when people can see problems but don't offer solutions. It's like cool, mm-hmm. like give me a solution. Give me a solution. I don't have a solution. I don't know enough about politics. I'm not interested enough. Um, I am interested. I am interested enough, but I'm not interested enough to a point where like politics and um. That that's going to become my life. I'm going to focus on shit that I'm good at. Um, I feel like the whole point of the political system, the whole point of having the government, is that you vote people in that you trust that can make these decisions on your behalf and you trust them to do so. Yeah. And at the moment, no one trusts you to do so, but that doesn't mean that everyone at the bottom should become a politician because if everyone becomes a politician, you'll be a bunch of cunts. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like how I, while you're on the podcast, talk about your what you do, and I gradually talk you into doing politics? <laughs> I don't know. I, honestly, I'm just talking shit. I, I know nothing about politics. I'm so, un, I'm so uninformed. Same. 
same. But I, I, you don't even really need to be to know morally that there's bad things going on. And, bad and things that. going on. Um, yeah, there, there are bad things. I, I don't look. It pisses me off. I don't look at it. I, all I want to do is let people explore their creativity. Let people um, explore different ideas that they've got that, that perhaps they're, they've not got the access to. I want to champion creativity. I want to connect people with, with poetry. I want to inspire people to smile and see the joy in life because ultimately life is pretty good. Yeah. Um, and for all of all that's wrong in the world right now, um, truth be told, you know, we we have never lived in a more inclusive, more diverse society that has such an abundance of, of wonder to offer to everybody. Mm-hmm. So for all the shit that is going on, like look at the the joyful aspect of it. Like it is pretty wonderful. We're in a pretty good place. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's some dickheads in charge, but there's dickheads everywhere. You know, you can't like everyone. That's something that's quite in, enjoyable about life yeah. um, the whole range of emotions that we feel um, so yeah don't worry mm. poets but poets, yeah, poets yeah. it's going to change the world on the inside yeah, keep, it doesn't matter yeah don't worry um, <laughs> yeah just wait till we open up uh, politicians by post yeah <laughs> politics by post <laughs> that, that, that'll, that'll be when we've got a solution yeah we're not gonna, we are the, at the moment we're, the, we're a solution for something we're not a solution for the, um, the the political system, but the political system, as as mu- as fucking terrible as it is, as much better as it could be, the world has never been, uh, the, you know, the UK has never been in a more inclusive, more diverse, more abundant place. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean it's great, but there's definite room for improvement but isn't that always going to be the case until the utopia comes with the AI or the aliens which one (laughs) Um, I'm going to fold I need to pee first (laughs) (laughs) and we're back (laughs) Uh, yeah I I gradually get more like agitated when I need to pee I'm going to let my points get more like (laughs) democracy god damn it (laughs) and I get pee and I'm like yeah chill man um yeah so exterior solutions um i honestly believe that ai or or intervention from another species uh, and this always loses me a bunch of people's uh, attention when i start talking about aliens but you were you're excited about that so. i'm excited about aliens yeah not because i necessarily think they're on their way mm. um just because i think it's fun to think they might be <laughs> yeah 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 I, I, i'd agree with you on that so you believe us oh they definitely exist yeah in an infinite universe, why would there not be more life? Yeah, I mean, the 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 probability of them not existing is so low mm. compared to the probability of them existing. But the probability of ever meeting them, of ever meeting them, is 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 also pretty life. low. Yeah, hence yeah. the Fermi paradox. Saying that though, octopuses are they share barely any DNA with us, and they are very intelligent, just in a, f- a different way to us. They they mm. communicate in like fucking color changing skin that's amazing you know we have to use words like you know baboons <laughs> to make a noise those are kind of you know, we're, we're like the the primitive ones in comparison um and like you know dolphins like their, their brains are in like clusters and they they communicate through like sonar like that's Ooh. really advanced yeah. <laughs> they just can't create pens. it is it is but <laughs> is it advanced as being able to find out that information about them true yeah we're advanced in another way i guess we're we're almost symbiotic with technology which is why i find it kind of laughable that people would think that you know ai isn't like gonna happen we're, we're gonna come like a neuralinked species hive mind thing or whether maybe not hive mind but like a you know uh, a being humanity will be one and i cannot wait for that because we'll be able to like 
see who's evil <laughs> get rid of them <laughs> or you know, prevent them from having any impact <laughs> Man, imagine trying to make a decision as part of a hive mind <laughs> mm. yeah and then define evil yeah but i suppose suffering if you intentionally cause suffering on another being uh, which we're all guilty of by eating like meat like cows like i do like a burger <laughs> I, I like i like it i've gone vegan I've, i'm trying my best uh, they are delicious, though, and I'm sure other animals would find me delicious. But we're conscious enough to, to you know, to to make that decision. And to, you know, a cow is a living, beautiful creature, and it's smart, and it's like a big dog, really. Uh, and but we we're kind of like, eh, eh, the head, <laughs> tastes good. <laughs> so like we're we are in a sense kind of evil, um, but like as a collective, we kind of decide that it's not, which is why it's, it carries on, right? But if, you know, do that to a human being, you're a murderer bad so we've got these sort of set of rules but i think as like technology advances and we can like figure out ways of getting like all the nutrients you need uh without killing uh which is i think a perfectly like reasonable thing for humanity to strive towards um then we won't really do that other than like desire like oh yeah i really want to go kill like a deer and eat it (laughs) like like, kind of maybe leave that fucking deer alone bro (laughs) like you just carry on with your life as you're you know this sexless uh, neuralinked alien being that travels the cosmos that was a lot to digest very quickly i'm just thinking at what point does everything become evil Mm. what's the point does writing on paper because it costs a tree become evil what point does um the genocide happening in your belly when your bacteria are killing well, other things. just you know like a, you know th- this is a, an amazing thing that you've built here this this fold down bed because mm. timber um <laughs> you know and there's there's people that are that everyone has different opinions and and, and has uh, different things that they enjoy which sometimes can be interpreted as evil or sometimes yeah, depending on, on, on where you stand. You know, my brother's like pretty a pretty super hardcore vegan. Mm. Um, he, he won't wear leather or anything with animal products. And, you know, he's, he's, he stands by what he believes in, to be fair. Um, but, you know, he'll he'll order things on Amazon. Yeah, But I think Amazon's kind of evil. But, you know, like, I'll, I'll, eat, I'll eat meat. Mm. Um, and, and so, yeah, so I just wonder how a hive mind would work. Yeah, I suppose it would be a majority base, in which case it becomes sort of like communism in a way. Would it be, would it be, <laughs> would it be boring? It would, yeah. Maybe not a hive, because in a sense we are sort of a hive mind with social media. I can go on and I can be like, eh, you know, these people are cool. Okay, you're on the podcast. Mm-hmm. That person not cool. Isn't they? Yeah. So I guess it doesn't have to be this like definitive thing where all decisions are made. It would just be like a good way to sort of define who you want to be around. Like, oh, you, these guys are kind of dicks. I, I, just, I, I just don't know if I have an opinion. Um... I think there are some good steps between now and hive mind <laughs> that, that are that are an improvement on now, but but maybe are less kind of philosophically boggling as yeah. a hive mind. I just I have this is why we need a room in the room. Yeah, yeah. I, ha- I haven't given much thought to like hive minds. I haven't. So like, my, I'm just trying to figure out what that means and what that looks like. Mm. Um, I don't think it would be a good thing for art. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, maybe not that much. Elon, stop yeah. the Neuralink. Yeah. No, um, but the, the Neuralink oh, is. I had an idea. So has everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So okay. It wouldn't be good for conversation. Yeah. No. But, yeah. I mean, maybe to instantly play it. Like, have you ever had any experience with psilocybin or mushrooms? 
Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah, happy to say that on air. Don't want to yeah, that yeah cool. Right. <laughs> Me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like the the level of information that comes through you and the amount of realities that played in some of the journeys I've gone through are so like I can't even like begin to digest some of it. It takes such a long time. So like the to be able to like comprehend that like as someone else's thought. Sim- with everyone else around the world all at once I think it would be overwhelming, too much stimulus um, and I don't think human brain is quite ready for that, but I think maybe an AI can maybe digest it and then utilise it to benefit like if that was its coding, to like benefit society, like mm. you know we're all linking to it and it's just like, huh all these people kind of want to like, well they like this joy feeling, let's try and make as much as that <laughs> Like these are the new laws <laughs> perhaps okay, yeah, that's, that's, that's a nice, right, so I'm thinking of like Rick and Morty where um, he meets, what's, what's their name Unity. Unity. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's like a way like where everyone sort of just becomes one. Um, yeah, I, so that's that's sort of like as far as like my... Um... Yeah, but see, the interesting thing about that is the hive mind was was a separate species to the people that she controlled. But they didn't they didn't become her. She took them over. Yeah. You know, so they weren't individuals mm. anymore. In essence, they were they were just lots of kind of legs on one big old beast yeah so but that that's still my sort of only uh, that, that, watching that episode is the only thought i've really given to to hive minds oh, and yeah. I've never really tried to work out what it would mean for for humanity mm. if we all thought was i one. don't think we'll be a hive mind I, haven't I don't, what, I don't, like, I don't think it'll be a hive mind <laughs> no because that would require a level of like like you say with the unity like taking over which would be giving up freedom, which I don't yeah. think we'd willingly do. But I think in the sense of like creating a, an AI God that like hasn't got bias. So, you know, Bo- Boris Johnson gives his friends jobs. Would an AI just be like, it would find the most appropriate person. Hmm. But then never thought of that using, using AI to, to remove bias hmm. because I mean the whole, th- the whole sort of uh, doomsday scenario with AI is that it's very difficult to build something without bias. And so the question is, who do you want? building it yeah. yeah whose bias do you want built into whatever <laughs> ai you're using it's a it's a tough one isn't it like um and also, and also sometimes functionality and logic aren't always yeah. the best route it, like so when sarah's on last we talked about tesla and tesla learns mm. what's good for the car and what's bad bad scenarios like that's a cat stop when cats come because they're unpredictable like just let it pass then i'll carry on so and i'm saying at what point will the tesla be like human beings they're the problem like mm. don't let them in the car lock the doors <laughs> and then these teslas start driving around doing their own thing knowing that human beings are the fucking problem wouldn't ai do the same thing like oh this planet requires like an ecosystem and like you know oxygen they're cutting down their trees human beings are bad skynet terminator because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we are the problem yeah. <laughs> It, yeah, all, all the films seem to agree on that, really, mm. which is interesting because that's an artistic perspective, not uh, not necessarily a. I suppose it's kind of philosophical perspective, isn't it? Mm. Not an so academic one. Well, I mean, it, 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 it boils down, you know, it, it ties in quite nicely to with, with the idea of meeting aliens and the Fermi paradox. Why don't mm. you know? Why don't intelligent life forms meet other intelligent life forms? Mm. It's the great barriers that we um, that we reach, whereby ultimately we destroy ourselves. Yeah. Um, whether that's through bombing or destroying our planet or eating bats, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever it might be, but as we... good as they taste. <laughs> <laughs> Provided it was a bat, I'd love to know in the future whether it was a bioweapon. That's one of the theories. So, uh, so someone proposed the theory to me that um, 
<laughs> it was a way to inoculate humanity so that we much like when the spanish met the native americans they gave them like mm. the flu and they all died oh, nice. and perished to it smallpox or whatever uh the same with aliens and humanity we all need to be inoculated before the aliens can come oh uh, great yeah, yeah. Oh, i'm all for right. that like, vaccinate yeah. me now brilliant fucking... <laughs> give me <Yeah>. aliens <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on the aliens, friend. Like, yeah, I would love nice. to. I would. I'd take my chance. I'd want to. I'd want to be there when they arrive, and, and I'd, I'd want to find out if they're friendly or not. Mm. What would be interesting is to see whether intelligent life considers us intelligent life. Because if they don't consider us intelligent life, then you're going in a petri dish on a spaceship back to somebody's lab. Mm. But if they do, then it's a very different interaction, isn't it? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And I think that's why we've got abduction stories throughout history while they were, like, deciding. Yeah, brilliant. I uh, love those yeah. stories. <laughs> yeah, some are wild. Some terrifyingly kind of, like, convincing. Um, yeah, I don't even mind if they're true. They're good stories. But for me, I, I, I really enjoy the um, sort of unwavering... Um, belief that the people who are involved in them have that they're true like, mm. great and you know you, you can you can pour as much skepticism on that as you want they really believe it and it's a good story yeah uh, keep keep talking about it <laughs> <laughs> i think if we're gonna make contact with aliens yeah i'd like humanity to be initiating that contact i wouldn't mm. want it the other way around really it's a bit like a spider mm. if i see a spider I'm all right. If I'm in control of the situation, I'll pick up the spider. Mm. Move it on quite happily. Mm. But if I was to move something and the spider jumps out at me, <laughs> I'm not in control of that situation. I don't like that so much. I mean, I don't, again, I don't mind it. I mean, I don't mind spiders in general, but it still makes me jump. Mm. Um, but I don't, I don't want the aliens to make me jump. I don't want them. I want to go like, oh, look. Basically, we've we've found aliens. They're on this wonderful rock. We're thinking about going and saying hello. Mm. Um, does anyone fancy coming along, coming and saying <laughs> hi to the aliens? Like, I know that we're going to approach them in a friendly way. You know, like, I, well, it depends who. We would. Them. Our politicians yeah. would. They'd be like, oh, what can we take from them? <laughs> can we enslave them? <laughs> Probably. Um, but you know, like, I'd like to be. I'd like to be in control of the situation. I'd like. To, I'd like to hi guys. But then. Even then, they could be hostile. Mm. But no, we've got to them first, so they're gonna they're gonna be more in awe of us than they are than than we. In, or well, we'll still be pretty in awe of them, um, but they're gonna be pretty surprised as well because they've not managed to come to us. Um, they don't know we exist yet, and so yeah, I think if we meet aliens, I'd like I'd like the initiation to come from humanity rather than just taking my chances on a spaceship landing and and an alien walking out and it turns into Mars attacks. Yeah, you know, have you yeah. seen that film? Yeah. Great film. <laughs> Getting nightmares as a child. <laughs> Um, I haven't seen it. Maybe I should watch it before I make that decision. They're um, uh, sorry, it, assholes. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I can. Uh, the, the name doesn't leave a huge amount. To oh. the, the, the um, the so way funny. what yeah. I learned from that film is the way to beat aliens is to yodel. The way to beat them, you've got a yodel. I don't like the sound of like yodeling. Makes their heads blow up. Makes their heads Brilliant. blow up. What's that? Right, I'm going to have to watch that now. <laughs> it's like War of the Worlds, right? The Common Cold killed these technologically advanced kind of things and they, they didn't have good mm. intention. They, they decimate us. But I like to think that like he, an advanced civilization would look at us the way 
we and David Attenborough look at species, you know, we we just step back and we're like, what are they doing? Well, it's fascinating. That's really Ooh. cool. And like, I think like Blue Planet and uh, Planet Earth and all these documentaries, they, they, there was one point they did one about humans and they could and did it in a documentary way of like, you know, people in New York, right? they like bagels and he's going to work <laughs> and uh, people in like Sub-Saharan Africa, they, they're hunting this and like super cool like concept of like observe, observe, observations of humanity. And I imagine that's what aliens would be doing at this point uh, as we sort of level our consciousness up to join this like intergalactic community because i imagine if there if there was which there must be somewhere yeah the, the fact that we're like further out of the milky way and that further in planets and solar systems closer together you like think that's like the hub of the city and we're just like on the outskirts and like norfolk you know? a black hole. <laughs> yeah it's a dead center i mean you could maybe define london as a black hole for... <laughs> i'm talking more about like you know yeah uh, <laughs> just on the outskirts uh yeah, and what would life look like, and uh, you know, stuff that doesn't share any DNA has different elements, different timelines. They don't, you know, less cataclysms. Yeah, I mean, going by the science I know, that would mean that we'd actually need to go further away from the center of the Milky Way to find intelligent life. Mm. That'd be my understanding, because at the center, time's going to move real slow, so it's going to take them ages to discover anything. Uh, yeah, I didn't account for like relativity. Right? Whereas back there, the, the the guys forever out, they're working on hyperspeed. <laughs> <laughs> it's the perception of time, isn't it? No, no, it is actually the, it is the movement of time. It's actually, it's actually the yeah, of time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We measure something real. Yeah, that's true. The GPS has to account mm. for time changes just from our satellites, which is like a fourteen-second delay to, due to relativity. Ah, uh, yes, is... but uh, all you need there is just a um, quantum computer, which will reduce that. Quite significant. I, I know some. I, my partner builds them. So wow. <laughs> just, she's yeah. Anyway, but th- that's that's kind of by the by. Yeah. That's, that's not really the point. Yeah. Um, she needs to come and talk us through. The, the, the fourteen <laughs> second delay thing. Mm. That that that's that's a, not going to be a problem by the time all these future people are listening to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll be listening to it because we'll be in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I suppose we will, won't we? So, like, my understanding of physics is that oh, if yeah. you can be right. like light, if you can travel further than quicker than light, you can also time travel because relativity comes into that, right? You can. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Faster, Bro science. Moving faster than yeah. yeah. I mean this go. isn't our three three non scientists <laughs> relativity. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel How like... you want to go back in time, right? You fucking get yourself moving faster than a light. <laughs> Got to run real fast. Yeah. You turn your torch on and you reach that wall before before yeah. your the before the flash. <laughs> I mean I've watched enough Carl Sagan and Neil deGrasse Tyson have like a, mm. a like a, a an opinion. I feel like I can talk about it a little bit. Um so if that's the way, yeah, faster than light equals you. You know, time travel is not really a problem for you. Um, the UFO sightings, the the, the really prominent ones, because I'd say ninety nine point nine percent are absolutely made up for sure, and mm. you know, just the photo editing software. But the ones with uh, Commander Fravor, have you seen that? The the Tic Tac, okay, fascinating, and I will link you to some videos. So it's a uh, two fighter uh, jets um, with like a fleet, and uh, so they left their uh, aircraft carrier and they were doing maneuvers off of California um, in the sea 
Uh, so a whole admiral military. There's a lot of like military personnel that you would have to pay to make up this story. Um, they were seeing blips on the radar and they were doing like military drills. So they were like, we should probably check it out to make sure it's not like, you know, another country <laughs> spying on us. So they send two of the fire jets to check out what this blip is. And over the ocean, like 50 feet above, coming from and going from something that they could see, they could see a silhouette under the water in the shape of a cross. And he, this pi- pilot said that this jumbo jet sized tic-tac shape was he said imagine a ping pong ball in a glass traveling in this cross direction um and there there was no wash like if a helicopter was over the water it would create like a a wave of Mm. where the air is touching the water right that wasn't there so they were like trying to comprehend what this is they also filmed it it's like visual footage from their cameras they're changing lenses between different night vision you know thermal vision no heat signature no visual exhaust propulsion so it's like what the fuck is that so then they fly closer to it and it like vanishes and then it appears uh behind the fleet on radar like Mm. miles away in an instant so that to me is light speed travel so that says time travel and that's defying physics and not a lot of people really sort of talking about that and that concerns me because <laughs> if something can move instantly and also the radar picked it up behind them but it was also behind them but up and it's just they were like oh, it's fourteen thousand feet but that's as high as the radar could pick up so in other words it went to the atmosphere it went beyond the mm. period and so like that's a terrifying account where like an entire fleet of the u.s army like one of the most powerful militaries in the world uh, like yeah we don't know what it is like it could be and the, even the the pilots like i hate that i'm associated to this because i'm not an alien guy i think it's like a drone like chinese tech maybe or something but regardless if it's alien or chinese cool. tech uh it's still the fight physics i'm like that's kind of cool because then maybe yeah. time travel is like a like a logical thing i'd love to know what that is but also even if it was some kind of ridiculous coincidental innocent explanation i'd still mm. love to know what that is yeah <laughs> i'd like to harness that and and maybe use it to cut down on the cost of, part of time travel is, time travel is real yeah in the future i go back in time and i talk to this guy <laughs> you remember him yeah i do remember him yeah yeah I, so I met a guy and I asked him, I said, have you heard of poems by post? We knocked on his door. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, yeah, of course I have. I, mean, I live in Brighton. Said, oh, great. Where did you hear about us? He went, I heard about you when I was in school, which is years ago. We talk, you know, he, it must have been in his 50s. So we're talking 20, 30 years ago, he heard of poems by post. Mm. So logically, you can conclude that I either discover or know somebody that discovers time travel. And I use that to go back to this person's school to tell him about poems mm. by post so as to make the conversation truthful it's one of the main reasons i still work for poems by post actually so that i can find out who who how time travel works as well. yeah. <laughs> um and so so yeah i mean that may well be us mm. over like the seeds. ocean <laughs> doing that fucking around yeah just (laughs) just so that that may be us from the future going back in time to do that so that we can have this conversation here about it so that we can openly say you know poems by post uh pioneering time travel Um, political party that influences good in the world (laughs) (laughs) um um, so yeah um you know i it's it's a it's I, i wonder what that was I'd like to see the videos. Yeah, yeah. man. Um, I'll put them in, in the link for anyone no. who doesn't know as well. Yeah, um, yeah there's there's two uh, two instances where it happened. Um, and then recently they've, the Pentagon released. Uh, so America did this weird thing with COVID. They were like, they need to pass a load of laws. And Trump 
like read out some of them. He was just like, "This is how ridiculous they are, by the way." And I'm having to sign for it. And he was just saying like, some of it was like, uh, three hundred million dollars to like relief of something in some other country, uh, something in arms for Egypt. Like, what this has to do with COVID? Who fucking knows? But one of them was complete disclosure of UFO sightings or UAP or mm. aerial phenomena um, uh, to the general public from the Pentagon. And like that got like the alien community like hyped. They were like, "Whoa, what the fuck!" Like, and there was 180 days to release it all, and so that's June something that that will all be coming out. But they're like leaking bits out. Like some dossiers came out, and but the footage is the the, the, the morsels that we want. Mm-hmm. And uh, some came out in the last couple of weeks of like uh, an upside down pyramid above a fleet was being filmed by military like equipment. Uh, another one was this uh, another tic tac hitting the ocean and coming out in two pieces and disappearing. Others is stuff forming, and it's all from military stuff. And that's because they're the only ones that have credit, right? Because no one in the military is going to risk their like promotional prospect or like uh, or job like talking about nonsense so uh and scientists are unwilling to talk about it because they don't want to lose all their credentials too and the few academics i do know uh, uh dismiss the idea of aliens to me and you know, i've had heated debates with them um but now like sort of due to characters like joe rogan and and uh and other influencers people like lex friedman are being able to talk about it openly and like analyze this kind of stuff and they're like well holy shit this is, if this is real this means that elements and physics and all these things there's so much more out there and potentially like intergalactic travel could be a thing we could be community and it's just a philosophical question of uh are we ready for that which we're not because <laughs> we're like still like i'll nuke you no well i'll nuke you back <laughs> fuck you <laughs> why would an alien civilization intergalactic government allow us in we're like the dickhead kids that cause trouble i'm all for it they might have some good ideas mm, yeah, yeah i'd love to join them i mean i'm into i'm into some intergalacticness you know i like rick and morty if that could become a reality then yeah then i'm for it i think and actually like it. if it is anything like rick and morty we're not that much dickheads as far worse <laughs> out there. Yeah. that's true that is one of the refreshing things about that yeah yeah like yeah. The, the, the government drones yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what they're called. Cool. Yeah, like the insect people. Just... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm down. Like, yeah, cool. Let, let, let's join. Let's join the aliens. Um, yeah. But I mean, how, how long do we have to call them aliens for until they just become? Yeah, is that a racist term? Are we being racist right now? <laughs> so uh, I, I think so. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good scripter. Um, but it's something you know. After we've met people and and um, whatever they are, we we've become friends with them. Mm. And they're no longer alien, are they? Yeah. And so then that's that's pretty sad. They're another conscious being. Then, then aliens don't exist. Then anymore. aliens don't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, aliens, yeah. Yeah. So that that's something to consider. Ironically, the only way to definitively prove that aliens don't exist is by meeting them. Yeah. So because they won't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the God complex. That's a great like, point. The only way to prove that God is real is to prove that he's real. Like, Fuck. <laughs> so yeah, that, there's there's a solution. There's a solution to any anyone that wants to. Where would Marion stand on aliens? Oh, yeah, on the statistical point. Mar- Marion's my partner, who's mm. the quantum physicist. Can she come on the podcast? Because that's fascinating. I want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I've, I, I don't want to speak for her, but I can ask. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Um, yeah, where would she stand? She'd stand on the probabilistic side of it as well. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Stat-driven. The what? Stat-driven. Stat driven, yeah, yeah, of course. It's yeah. funny how it's changed because, like, 10, 20 years ago, it was like, nah, Tim Four Hat people, like, no aliens, you know, really like dismissive, like, comical. I'm not sure that was the case within the scientific community, actually. I think, mm. I think that people have acknowledged the statistical likelihood of it for quite a long time. Mm. Um, and 
they just maybe didn't want to associate themselves with the tin hat people by yeah. being too clear about this point <laughs> kind of in a similar way sorry to buy in with an observation there uh like <laughs> we're all for good and democracy but we don't want to be associated with the lunatics that are screaming a cab in the streets <laughs> yeah like same yeah not a million miles off yeah yeah, yeah. huh interesting well, I'm glad that you also believe because, uh, yeah, I, I was stuck in a in a group of people that were like, you're a madman to believe that aliens will come, Alex. And, you know, this, uh, I don't know if you heard of the pre-civilization theory that, you know, humanity may have been here a lot longer than we thought or, you know, an advanced civilization and that explains all the megalithic structures. And, yeah, I fucking love yeah. shit like that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I enjoy all of that stuff. I, I used to smoke a lot of weed and, and um, watch documentaries <laughs> and, and YouTube videos about it. Um, yeah, I've been fascinated for a long time. Yeah. I smoked a lot of weed, so I've forgotten it all, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I I really I really like I, like you know the Egyptians are fascinating you know ancient Egypt yeah is a fascinating um, fascinating town that doesn't quite um, quench the appetite or the thirst for yeah. for discovering more about it because there's still so many unknowns. Mm. If you are watching and you find that fascinating, watch my Atlantis video on my YouTube page. It's a little bit further down. But yeah, I did a giveaway about Atlantis. and this Atlantis pendant. Mm-hmm. And like, I covered everything that I could about the like, Grandma Hancock's theory of the, the impact. And I pieced together all these images. And oh. like, the great cataclysm is fucking dark as fuck. And I love making it. But <laughs> super cheesy as well. <laughs> whole time I had a, like a throat problem at the time. So I was just like, and then the great cataclysm comes. <laughs> like a, one of these sex phone calls. Like, what are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> um, Sounds like a good narration voice. Yeah, <laughs> <that's>... right. <laughs> okay, I've I've like dissuaded conversation from poems by post so much in this episode. <laughs> um, I kind of I want to bring it back before we get to an end because we're only two and a half hours. Yeah. So um, one of the other questions <laughs> uh, from the Q and A was how many poems do you believe you've written in your life? Oh God, thousands thousands must be surely um yeah let's do a bit of maths um quantum maths <laughs> let's do it let's do it let's do it it's got to be in the thousands i mean if, if i think like, i used to i used to do every single day um and write somewhere between 10 and 15 poems a day for people um so let's bring that bring that down let's call it an, an average of 12 a day mm. over seven days so we're talking 84 per week over 10 weeks that'd be 840 um thousand yeah thousands and it's really cool because um i can't remember any of them because I, I let them all go i typed them up on a typewriter give them away God. type them up give it away um so it's, it's really nice like it's taught me to let go of a lot of things um, and it's quite interesting and, and quite beautiful to know that there's people in various parts of the world that have got my poems up on the wall or on frames. One person has, um, I, I wrote like a three line poem. So I wouldn't really call it a poem, but I wrote three lines that rhymed. Um, and she got it tattooed on her. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is um, pretty Also cool. a compliment, right? Yeah, yeah, which is super cool. And then um, like, I've, I've penned poems for people to read out as... Um, as best man or at a wedding as, as part of a speech um i've wrote people's vows wow. i've um get, been like a gift for like newborn babies and and well, not i i wasn't the gift. um <laughs> the clone of you <laughs> yeah, um, but like um yeah like i've had like 
that, yeah, it's it's really interesting to think that there's just so many poems out there. I'd love to I'd love to read them back. Mm. Um, that would be a cool like uh, social media drive. You have a poem by Alex in anywhere in the world, photograph mm. and tag. <laughs> yeah, that would be. could be an arm of poems by post. Is asking people to post poems that you've already written, <laughs> yeah. and forgotten about. Yeah. Oh god. There's there's honestly there's so many out there. Um, some of them I wouldn't want to see again. I'm sure. Um, but like, it's like people. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah. There's um, I've got yeah thousands, thousands. Th- absolutely thousands. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I I haven't. <laughs> you know, just just in the interests of you've, you've, of having something to say. How many have you done? Probably about four when I was a kid. You've done more than four. I've seen you do more than four in poems. Since I met you, yeah. Nah. You wrote a poem the other day. I did write a poem the other day. Five. <laughs> All right, five. <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference between a poem and a haiku? Haiku is a type of poem. Yeah. Ah, okay. So same thing. Yeah. yeah. It's just um, it's just but it's just form. It's like um, what's the difference between a Ford and a car? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good one. Good one. Yeah. Thanks. It's logical analogies. I really like. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I bring to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, structure and like, yeah. yeah, you make it, um, uh, you give it integrity. Yeah. <laughs> I, I translate from Alex's yeah. brain to what, what the rest of us need to understand. <laughs> I think we will need it. When Phil came on, Phil McMullen, um, is an interesting little snippet. Um, my so my mum is taking interest in what I've done recently because she was like she hadn't watched any single podcast and I was yeah I think she felt a bit guilty so she uh, she told her friends about it and all of these people had watched me growing up and I was sent a text like forwarded from her of uh, someone that has watched me grow up and has now started consuming my content and I can't believe the change she's like I can't believe that like shy little kid that I watched you know run around your garden is now like you know questioning things and she watched specifically the episode with Phil McMullen where we talk about language and that to me was mm. um, fucking fascinating because there's so many like ways we can communicate and even just with spoken word like uh you still have to translate Alex and like people have to translate me. And I think I would be more liked if people translated me because I, I say things uh, in the way I'm thinking. Like I made a point earlier, like I have to tell a tale to then get my point across. Like mm. I have to give an explanation. Some people just have this other way of communicating. Um, and it's almost like we're not really communicating because I have no idea if like you're <laughs> interpreting any of what I'm saying. Uh, but yeah. there's beyond language and beyond uh, action and facial recognition and all of this thing, I, I believe it could just be like forms of energy, like the, the vocal noises and vibrations I'm making are pleasant to you, so you uh, choose to listen, uh, whereas if I like screamed at you in an annoying voice you would be like, oh, this guy it wouldn't matter what I said in that tone the communication would be off, so I, I believe it's like a balancing act of like energies, and I believe you two are uh, symbiotic energies that are doing a very good job at conveying things I feel like I translate Ruben a lot of the time, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that's good to know. It's quite interesting, it it's quite interesting to hear him say that he, he translates me. Um, because, I, yeah, I think I, I think I translate Ruben. Yeah? And what, what, when? Give, give me an example. Give, um, me, give, me, give me an idea of what, what you've had to translate. Okay. Um, so... A good time. <laughs> 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 I'm a little stumped here. Um, I don't think either of us translate either of us. No, no, that that is also true. I think really. I think it's a, a less less translation, more 
Um, we have different takes on the yeah, same different, thing. Yeah, different ideas. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Complementary adage to the same subjects. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I could turn it around and ask, um, when do you feel like you've translated me? Oh. Probably a couple of times in this conversation, actually, when we when we when we watch it back. Example. <laughs> you can point it out. <laughs> He'll put it in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's interesting, right? Because in our minds, we've got this idea of reality, but then when we're asked to convey it verbally, we can't. Like, we told, yeah, yeah. We question it. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Lua, me, music, and me were hanging out the other day, and she was touching on the same kind of thing where she was kind of like i like uh, we we're talking about the pre-civilization she was like i know it all like i've i've watched it all i consumed it and i understood it and i found it cool but then when i go to tell people i'm like Bleh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i can't and there's like this link between and the whether that... storytelling is, uh, is something that's lost yeah and you know bards and poets and wizards such as yourself are, are here to to help with that like yeah so i think podcasts poetry Music, logical thinking, all really important things for society that more of us should do more of. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's wrap this up. Is there anything you would like to say to the audience while you have access to them in the camera? Um, go to www.poemsbypost.org. I'm not going to dress it up at all. Go to one of the editions and sign up. Get a poem in the post hmm. so that. Ruben and I can sit upon a throne and laugh at our dominions. And we think you might enjoy it. And you might enjoy it. And you'll be supporting artists. (laughs) (laughs) No, and you'll be supporting artists. You'll be supporting artists, poets, you'll be building a dream. And and we're in the very early stages of what we're doing with Poems by Post. Mm. Um, And what's more exciting is um, once you have grown to a certain size... Some of the things that then come after that, some of the ideas that we're toying with currently that we're looking to put into force um, become something that as a society could be beneficial, not just for artists and, and people that are already pursuing their, their dreams, but for people that don't have access to these things. People who have a desire, an innate desire to explore something that perhaps at the moment seems unattainable. Um, we're going to put it in your reach. Beautiful. I think it's going to go really far. I think it's going to become huge and it will change the, the world and who has access to doing what. So I'm all for it. So yeah, also subscribe to their stuff and like things and interact because I know I can't get my audience to do it. So maybe I can get your audience to do it because <laughs> <laughs> like, I can say the hard truth, which is if you don't interact, we can't carry on doing these things. <laughs> like, yeah, just push some buttons. It's free. It's, it really costs nothing. And if you just mute it, if you don't want to listen to it, if you're tired that week, <laughs> yeah, just but- do that. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, sometimes I get argumentative and I'm not argumentative I just I'm um, what am I passionate um, strong headed um, no I just I, I, like, I, like, I, like, <laughs> I like I like I like just like questioning things yeah um, engage if you enjoyed it yeah yeah if it was something that you enjoyed yeah and you think other people would enjoy equally give it a chance to engage because mm. I think a lot of people dismiss things very quickly. Yeah. yeah. Attention span. Let's not be a civilization that has fucking TikTok 30 second videos. Let's be better than that. Let's have a long form mm. podcast yeah. and cool content made by people that we know and love that we can celebrate and champion. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that peeps. Um, Sounds good. 
yeah and if you're new to me uh check out my website it's patreon so all the links go to my bio on instagram click on the links you'll see it all there uh i do cool shit i make jewelry i give it away to people that subscribe to my patreon and then i do a podcast so i can talk about cool people and then sometimes i collaborate with those people and we do even cooler shit so stand by um you guys are awesome Thanks for coming thanks. on. Well, thanks. Um, was, uh, enjoyed that. Amazing to sit here and chat. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, as always, I want in the future to have my guests back on again and see where they are. So in a year, if we haven't been uh, liquidated by aliens or, uh, you know, just travel to the future and already watch the episode where we talk <laughs> again, uh, let's talk again. <laughs> yeah, cool. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, okay. Goodbye, everybody.